And we are live. Welcome back to Unfiltered. Hello, hello, Ito. How is everybody doing? I hope you're well. So we are, well, before we start, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Yes. And um, yeah, so what are we doing today, Mercy? Today, we have a guest oh. joining us. Yeah. And this is somebody that has, um, I think it's somebody that's very charismatic. Yeah. Mentor to some, mm-hmm. leader to many. Yes. Um, he's very humble. Yeah. And his life is his life. His laugh is very contagious. Yes. Like I hear his laugh and it makes me want to laugh. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. So who is it? His name is Pastor Alex Sagan. <laughs> What's How going on? Are you? <laughs> How you guys doing? I'm like good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually I actually hate my laugh. What? what? Like really? when I'm really laughing really loud, I'm like, that's an embarrassing laugh. No, what? it's no. like a belly laugh. It's, I know, it's I know. one of those that it's like you're enjoying it. Yeah. But it's like I I look crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Everybody's like, it's so a contagious. little crazy. Yeah. It's okay to be crazy. A little bit crazy is good. Everybody bit. everybody is a little crazy. Yeah. That's a different conversation. But oh. yeah, CR guys CRs and Monday. We could. <laughs> <laughs> So how is everything going Fa- for you? Fantastic. Honored to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, I've seen all the pictures. <laughs> I've seen all the guests that you guys have had. It's been absolutely amazing. And so, uh, yeah, I love you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. And me and Diana are excited for you guys, proud of you guys, and thankful for your lives. And so very cool to be here today on the podcast. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you oh, so I'm much. I'm like, yes. I'm like, wait. You're going to make Mercy cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm the crier. I cry. Come on. This is awesome. Uh-huh. Like, You guys started a podcast, and it's been going great. It's been yeah. going amazing. Uh, obviously, everybody at church is talking about it. So we got the invite. We're like, let's go. We're there. This is awesome. Thank you. So who's Alex? Who's Alex? Uh, I am just... Uh, a 37, about to be 38, a 37-year-old guy from Miami, Florida, who just uh, loves God, loves my wife, loves people, and uh, loves enjoying life. That's awesome. So what is your background? Uh, like uh, Where are uh, your parents okay. and your yeah. heritage? Uh, Costa Rican. Uh, both of my parents are from Costa Rica, from San Jose, Costa Rica. Uh, I was born and raised here. They got married and they moved here. I think when they were 25, 26, around there. Okay. So, yeah, they got married, I think, young. I think 22, 23 or something like that. And oh. two years later, they moved to the States. I think they lived in uh, New York, New Jersey for the first, like, a year and a half or two years. Oh, really? Everybody comes to I New know. York. Everybody yeah. goes over there. It's like yeah. Ellie's Island. Yeah. <laughs> they had some friends. It's like mig- migration. It's, it's like over there, and, and then everybody, you spread out. You have to check in there first, and then <laughs> you go wherever you want. Um, I think because they had some friends, mm-hmm. so they lived there for about a year and a half. Um uh, Maybe we all kind of have similar stories where our parents came and started working all these factory jobs, yeah. two, three jobs at a time. Uh, then they moved down here to Miami because my mom's mom, my grandma, used to come uh, every year and uh, work here for like two, three months, make money, and then go back to Costa Rica. So she knew Miami better, and obviously the weather's way better than up north. And so they ended up all moving down here. And so, yeah, I was born here, born, in Ma- born and raised in Miami, Florida, been here my whole life. Absolutely love it. So you're one of... How many do you have siblings? Yep, one of three. I got an older sister, Priscilla. Mm-hmm. You guys know my sister, right? Yes. yes. Yep, my yes. sister. Shout out to my sister. She's, she's awesome. She's a trip. Yeah, she <laughs> she's is. She's the best. She's, uh, talk about crazy. She's on the spectrum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, now no we shame. have to, now now we have like to draw Priscilla a scale. We're all on the spectrum. <laughs> uh, and then my younger brother, uh, Manny, shout out to him too. He, I love him. Wait, so, okay, you're so you're the middle child? child? I'm the middle child. So do you, do you have, have middle child syndrome? 
I've oh, so I've heard of this my whole life, but I don't connect with any of the stuff. So I don't know if it's like generalized or if it's a real thing for everybody because I've never connected with all the things that they say about middle. really. Yep. You've never felt left out. You've never, never felt like ugly duckling or mm-hmm. not wanted. Not at all. I mean, I'm. I think I'm extremely handsome. Number one. Oh. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I. I've heard all that stuff, and I'm like, no. I think my parents did a really good job, probably of like. Um, Maybe showing us all love and attention. I've never felt like, you know, I was out or not wanted or rejected. Nah, not not really. Like, never. Okay, so I, is I, your sister, like, the mom type mm, towards you guys? Not really. I'm, I'm really... Wait, how far apart are you guys? I think my sister is two or three years older than me and my brother's two years younger than me. I think we're all, like, two and a half. Oh, so, so it's you even. guys are all, yeah, 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 yeah. We were right all pre- there. Yeah, we were all pretty close. And, yeah, I would say... My sister's like, like, even still to this day, I'll say she's like my best friend. Like, I love mm-hmm. her. And my Aww. brother, too. Like, we all get along really, really good. Uh, we were a really close family. So I've never felt that way. Like, I hear that a lot. I think it's hilarious. But no, okay. So my brother is a middle child. One of my brothers is a middle child. And he definitely is, like, the middle really? child. Really? Like, so what do they say about what's the middle child syndrome? That you like feel left out? They feel out? left out. Like, they're not the favorite. Like, with um, one of the other siblings is the favorite. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because typically, you have, you know, you have the oldest. That's, like, the first is the trial so child. That's they why get they get the, the attention. Yeah. yeah. Does your mom have a photo album of you? Like, yeah. When you were little? She has one of all of us. Oh, wow. Like she one for dedicated. every one of us. Oh, no way. Yeah. 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 I think mine's is halfway complete because she didn't love me. There goes my middle child <laughs> there syndrome. There you go. There you go. It's coming <laughs> no, out. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She has, yeah, she has one for all of us. And then I think that like a really big family one. So, yeah, no, my, my parents got pictures for days. I love going over there and going through those pictures. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I've never felt that way. I think everybody at some point, if you grew up with brothers or sisters, Maybe at some point you felt like, ah, they don't love me. But like on a day and you're staring out the window on a long drive, thinking about where you're going to run away to. But <laughs> not like an everyday or it haunted me for years. Never. Like my parents were really good. We were all, we still are super, super close. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's why I, I, I don't know. I don't relate with that. But I am the middle child. Yeah. Uh, oh. uh, maybe it's because when there's a gap, maybe. I think, like, yeah, when the gap I'm is bigger. four years older than my sister. I mean, I'm not the middle child. I'm the oldest, but I did grow up with an older cousin. So in that equation, I was the middle child. And did you feel? I think I have middle child syndrome. <laughs> she is so needy. No I am way. very needy. Are you, you serious? didn't know that you don't about come ac- me? You don't come across that way at all. You you come across very independent. Um, well, yes, okay. it, uh, yes, it kind of varies. I am independent because. Why, why are you shaking your head? So I come out of work at five thirty. Five thirty one. She expects a call. Yes. Wow. I like will be that's mad. needy. Really? Yes. And by the way, hold on. That's Every not day? even the uh, yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> that's not the worst part. The worst part is that we went up all day throughout work. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's a dope relationship though. Like I think that's dope. But you don't come across that way. Yeah, I've heard. You come across very like I don't care if nobody talks to me. No, I do like, have not that. Like in a mean way, but you No, just I do have that though. No, she does have yeah, that she does have. <laughs> It's I'm an anomaly. <laughs> it's fine. No worry, but it's not my therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, Tell us a little bit this. more about you. <laughs> He's reverting it. He's yeah, reverting I know. <laughs> oh, turn up to throw the ball over here. Nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> did you grow up in church? Yep, my whole life. So my parents, I think they got saved at the age of like 17, 18 okay. in uh, Costa Rica. They both got saved around the same time. Um, 
Wait, did they meet in church? Yep, they met in church. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I think okay. my dad got saved first, mm-hmm. maybe like around 17. He got saved. and uh, I don't think he was up to no good, but just, you know, life in Costa Rica <laughs> with friends and all that. Like, it, But I don't mm-hmm. think he was like crazy or mm-hmm. anything like that. But That you know of. That I, <laughs> that I know of so far, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> he got saved at 17. My mom, she was a model in Costa Rica, and she was doing different campaigns and all that, and she was out. Yeah, I think living a little bit more of uh, just that life and like maybe clubs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets saved. My dad meets her in church, and uh, I think they got married. If I'm not mistaken, as soon as they started dating, six months later they got married. Oh wow! Oh, that's yeah, it was fast. That's yeah. good though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they were both. But in I feel church. like that's like a older generation thing. Maybe me and Dana got married in a year. Oh yeah, like of meeting. Maybe, a y- actually we got ma- we got married eleven months after going out like steady okay so not really? even a year okay but a year after like meeting uh, oh. like maybe like 14 months so after you guys weren't friends prior to that it's like you met her you fell in love nope didn't know i mean so okay so what um we was had it love at first sight yeah absolutely <laughs> diana's counting in the background <laughs> <laughs> 11 months yeah, yeah 11 months she's uh, confirming 11 months we got married 11 months but met a little bit before alex is getting fact checked right <laughs> yeah now. yeah i'm looking over there like am i right <laughs> I got the numbers right, um, but uh, no, we had a mutual friend, and okay. the mutual friend um, said, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to invite one of my friends to church." And this girl, Ceci, we love her. Uh, we actually just uh, saw her recently. Um, absolutely love Ceci. She's awesome. And she said, "Hey, I'm trying to invite my friend to church. I think you'll like her. Her name's Diana." And she showed me a picture, and I'm like, "I I, I like her. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. Br- like, oh yeah. Was she yeah, Christian? Bring her to church. Who? Diana. Diana. No." She wasn't Christian. Oh, so uh, did you did missionary cri- dating? Christianese. Uh, so you did missionary dating? Did. A little bit. No, no, no. He <laughs> did flirt to convert. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a front lobby level uh, fellowship where we uh, meet a couple of people in the front and just make sure they're He's good. like, I'll be the greeter <laughs> today. He's like, guys, today I volunteer. I'll be your buddy and hang out and uh, make sure you're okay in church. No, Do she, you need a tour guy? She, she, here's, <laughs> here's my number so I can find you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I went through the book of numbers and I didn't find <laughs> yours. Um, I used all those cheesy lines. No, no, Diana, Diana grew up very, um, very. She's always, um, and you, you know, you guys will talk to her, mm-hmm. but she's very spiritual and always grew mm-hmm. up loving God. Mm-hmm. She wasn't church going at the time okay. and all that, but she always has heart a, a heart for God since okay. she was a little girl, and so mm-hmm. um, she knew about God at the age of seventeen. And okay. you know, it's her story to share. But yeah. at the age of seventeen, she gave her life to Jesus. Okay. So this was more like a coming so was, back. Type was of deal. it? Oh, okay. So she grew she, up she in was, a Christian, or it was a Catholic? No, church. she grew up Catholic. Oh, I grew okay, up. Okay. I grew up Christian. She grew up Catholic. Okay. Uh, but at the time, she just wasn't into church and all, yeah, all that. Yeah, I yeah. was. I was very much. I was helping out in my young adult group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana was in the club, going wild, <laughs> heathen, like just out of her mind. Totally. She um, had a membership party. <laughs> yep, <laughs> she had. She used to be in all those parties. I was in church every Friday. I was in church every Friday. She was such okay, a heathen. She so had smoke coming out. You know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the floor, the floor melted whenever she stepped yeah. in. <laughs> the fire was coming. She used to she love to dance. Through. That was her day dancing. Um, I grew up in church, so mm-hmm. every Friday, I was, by the time we met, I was mm-hmm. in a young adult group, and our young adult group got to about a thousand people. It was oh, wow. a huge young adult group. And I was very much already all in. Yeah. Like, I want to do this for the rest of my life type of okay. deal. And so, Ceci says, hey, I'm going to invite my friend. She shows me a picture of Diana. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah bring your friend. Like, she, she, looks, <laughs> she looks good. And yeah. then I remember one day, we all spent the night at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, Ceci came by. 
And she was just hanging out with all of us, you know, like friends. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hanging out. So it was a Saturday morning. We're all hanging out at the house. I think we were all getting ready to go uh, head out and eat breakfast. It was like maybe four or five of us in the apartment. And she says, hey, um, my friend Anna's going to call me now, the one I showed you pictures of. Um, I'm going to tell her to come next Friday. And I said, yeah. She calls. And she goes, hey, hold on. I have somebody here that wants to say hi to you. And and she put her like on speaker. Uh-huh. And I remember talking to Anna for like for like 30 seconds. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I've heard about you. Hey, when are you going to come to church? She's like, I think I'm going next Friday. I'm like, yeah, yeah come by. <laughs> and, uh, and I think, yeah, that following Friday, she came to church. And that's when I saw her. And when I saw her, I was sitting next to uh, my brother, who I love, uh, Jay. Uh, he's like my best friend. And I said, hey, that's the girl I'm going to marry. So, oh, wow. Yeah, you I, said just, it? I said it to him. I said, hey, that girl walking in, she was she walked in with Sassy. And I was already in, like in my chair, and I, I look over and I say, "Hey Jay, that's that's the girl I'm gonna marry." What drove it. you to say that? It's weird because I don't know. I I I've never said that before about anybody else, but I just saw her and I just it was something I knew. I can't yeah. even explain it. It's just something I knew. Like I'm gonna marry this girl. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's so let's crazy. backtrack. Yeah, I'm like we so have gaps. <laughs> we just jumped. Yeah, we just <laughs> jumped he's like, let me make sure. <laughs> I announce. Shout out to Diana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Diana. Um, and she's been the absolute best. <laughs> she's getting brownie points right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you grew up in church. How was that experience for you, growing I, up? I actually had a really good experience mm. growing up in church. I. I thank my parents for that. I think my parents did a really good job of, my parents, I think, have always been pretty well balanced. Like, okay. we grew up in okay. church, but my parents are party animals. My parents oh, are okay, super okay. fun. Yeah. My parents to this day love to dance, have mm-hmm. a good time. So, we're the, like, I still have memories of us going on, like, road trips yeah. to Orlando and all that, and then playing music, dancing, singing, and it, you know, it just didn't always have to be Christian music. They used mm-hmm. to love singing their songs. Obviously, with us, they were a little bit stricter. Like, we couldn't listen to like, certain rap music right. or whatever. Um, but they made church fun. And all, all the churches that we went to were super fun. Okay. I had a bunch of friends. So my church experience was always, like, very good. I had a So you don't have PTSD from, like, growing up in a Hispanic <laughs> church? No. Nah, I mean... Yeah, I think we all we all do have our stories, you yeah, know, of like, yeah. I, I, you guys have heard me maybe share a little bit about the Vigilias. Yes, oh, yes, yes. You know, the weird pastor stuff that they would say <laughs> or do. Or the, the, the old hermanita that always went up and had a poem that was an hour long. Yes. And it's oh, like, my gosh. Yes. Or the ones that have the testimonies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It or like, a quote-unquote prophetic word. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up with all that. I mean, no shade to prophetic words. Absolutely real. <laughs> but some of them are, are just real. a by the way, I heard the teaching you sent me. It was really good. On, oh yeah, on, on the prophetic word. It was awesome. awesome. It was really good. So I'm 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 a believer in all that. But yeah. um yeah, so but we would like like laugh at that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and my parents were the type to also kind of like just like, you know, have some fun with all that kind of stuff and never yeah. make it too weird. You know, yeah. never make it too weird. And so my church experience was fun. Again, I grew up you know what I think is very healthy? Good youth groups. Yes. Very good, healthy youth groups. So even if, and I think all of us can maybe relate a little bit, mm-hmm. even if the churches were a little wild or stuff that we didn't agree with and yeah. that Hispanic stuff, our youth groups are so amazing that yeah. all of our friends used to laugh at that stuff together and be like, yo, this is weird. But we used to laugh right. at it, but still love Jesus yeah, and make yeah, sure yeah. we're all good and make sure. And still show up on Sunday with the suit. It, oh, I, so I dressed <laughs> up, I dressed in a suit until I was like 24. Yeah. Every yeah. Sunday you to church. Yeah. Now you get shunned. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when I when I wouldn't wear a suit to church anymore after I left that, that the last church I was in, the mm-hmm. last Hispanic church, 
I would feel like bad going to church in <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt. I'm like, you what am the, I doing? You were the black sheep. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? You were you starting know? a heathen. He yeah. was starting a revolution. A yeah. And it's funny because you look at those churches now and they still, they yes, still they do. Yes, they still do. Yeah. 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 Which respect, again, it yeah, looks yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. I think I wore a suit the other day to preach. You know? Did uh, you? Yeah, yeah, he did. Like four weeks ago. Well, he did. And everybody was like, look at you in a suit. I'm like, I'm trying to bring it back. Come on, we got dressed up. What's the special occasion? Easter? No, I promise you, a couple people did ask that and I was just like, nah, Every once in a while, we got to, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be Sunday's Easter best. or Good Friday. Sunday's yeah, best. show up in a good suit and uh, clean up. So, so, so do you think that was because it. you're, uh, how was the conversations at home, like, with your parents towards the church? Because I feel like that's one thing yeah, that um, obviously being in church leadership, things happen. Everybody's absolutely. crazy. We have different personalities mm-hmm. and not everybody clicks sometimes. Yeah. So, like. Your parents were like in church leadership kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My parents were basically uh, pastors just without being full-time. Right. Yeah. They were assistant pastors mm-hmm. in um, two of the churches that we went to growing up. Um, when I was really little, the first church in Hialeah, mm-hmm. I, grew, I was born and raised in Hialeah. Hey. Yeah, shout out to Hialeah. That's, yeah. I, was, I was born and raised there till the age of 12. And we were part of this really cool church called the Good Shepherd, the Buen Pastor. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents were the youth pastor there for okay. years. Oh, wow. Um, but it was really cool. I remember being seven, eight, nine years old. Like, I, I literally have memories of this. And uh, the youth leaders, like you guys, right? You guys are youth leaders. Yeah. In our yeah. youth. I remember them carrying my brother, like, in their arms. Because my brother yeah. was, like, four or five years old. And they used to carry my brother. They used to take it. Like, the youth were very cool with us. Like, they yeah. loved us. Yeah. They embraced us. Um, I remember... There was this one dude, Hiram, that always used to be like, yo, come. I'm taking you to go play football with me and the guys. And I was only like 9, 10 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. but that's a really A little good. short, chubby kid. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. He's like, come on. He told me all about the Cowboys, and he was trying to make me a Cowboys fan. So we just grew up in very Cowboys cool Cowboys as in football? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Cowboys, and they're a terrible team still. <laughs> um, but, um, they again, so I just think I had a very healthy yeah. environment when it came to church. It was yeah. very fun. It was yeah. very fun. And, again, shout out to my parents. I think they 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 obviously went through and saw yeah. drama in the church. Right. Yeah. All the kind of Which stuff happens. that happens in yeah. any kind of community setting, yeah, whether absolutely. it's business, school, yep, or church. Yep. But they knew how to, number one, I think, shelter us. And number two, um, shelter us as far as in the sense, like, you don't need to know this drama is adult yeah. type stuff. And number two, um, keep it from us so that we wouldn't get mad at the church. Right. Yeah, yeah because because I think so for a, for example like let's say you're at the dinner table and they're like, "Oh my god, this person, oh my god, this is yeah. happening." And then they make up, but the kids don't see that. Exactly. Yeah. And then so the kids are like, "Oh, the church is mad. Like the church is bad." That and happens I, that's like all so the time. crazy. That happens yeah. all the time where parents don't realize that it's affecting your children more than it's affecting you because like you said uh, uh, an adult will get over it like oh for example you work it out yeah my parents so my parents were the youth pastors my mom was the assistant of the pastor my mom worked full-time at the church for a little bit just for a little bit but she was the pastor's assistant so they used to see a lot of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah maybe some stuff you don't agree with entirely or whatever um i've never once heard them complain about it or say it in front of us right you know um because it's true, they'll get over it, mm-hmm. and then the rest of us are kind of like, "Yeah, I don't like Pastor. He did this, or I don't agree with this decision yeah. they're making." I'm a young kid. I'm ten years old. What do yeah. I know? Yeah. Um, where they can get over it now, if they were to do that around the dinner table, mm-hmm. uh, on our vacations or whatever, start complaining about the church. I'm gonna grow up thinking, "Yeah, the church is Absolutely. bad." And look at these people and look yeah. at everything. Yeah, you they grow did. that resentment. And, Absolutely. And I think it's so cool how they didn't do that. Yeah, never and did. you're and because it's like again they don't see how you you do, the kid doesn't see how you work it out yep. mm-hmm. and and then the kid is like that bitterness yep. and then I guess that's where the PTSD comes from of yeah. like 
oh church is evil Absolutely. but it also it also kind of leaks into like um which uh, in my opinion a lot what we're seeing now of the not respecting leadership yeah. yeah where we don't we don't like honor is such a foreign thing yeah mm-hmm. because oh it's just normal to talk about that and it's like no you can't do that because yeah. you have to honor like whoever the leader is absolutely yeah. that's or a whatever. great point because my parents were always very honoring yeah even if they didn't agree you know they're, they're like we're not gonna you know disrespect the man of yeah. god or the woman of god and we love them and we submit to their leadership in a healthy way. My yeah, parents absolutely. also never submitted to an unhealthy way because that's a whole another conversation yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, no. <laughs> where, where in Hispanic churches, there is this mm-hmm. level of honor that gets extremely unhealthy. Yeah. But my parents has always respected, but also realized they're human beings like everybody else. Absolutely. Um, yes. But let's respect and let's honor. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that helped all of us out a lot. Yeah. Like me, my brother, and my sister, where it was, yeah, we love church. Church is amazing. It has problems just like every other yeah. organization, institution Absolutely. across the world. Um, but we always took away that it's it, it does more good than harm and, and, yeah. and the, the kingdom of God building the church is just absolutely awesome and so I think they did an incredible job at that yeah. so no I think I think they did growing absolutely. up we had a plan like you know I think about it, a couple of weeks ago we went to Epcot with mm-hmm. you know a bunch of people from church and yeah. I was thinking man I remember doing that with my parents my oh, parents wow. everybody went to Bush Gardens with my parents you oh, know my parents awesome. were the youth pastors like, yeah. let's go and we all went and I was remembering walking around Bush Gardens yeah. with my parents and people in our youth group back then oh, and wow. I was awesome. I was 10 years old but I'm walking around with all the you know yeah, all the cool kids all the cool kids <laughs> from church and I'm like and they love my parents yeah. you know and to me I'm like this is dope so I never grew up with like an ugly view of it yeah yeah if anything that happened maybe when I was older <laughs> When I, when I started seeing when you stuff, were yeah, <laughs> when you start seeing behind the curtain, you're like, you're like, oh, this is this is bad. You're like, this is what they kept away from me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But then you know, life just teaches you uh, there's problems everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So then you grow up in church. You yep. are part of the youth group. Yeah. So I, I, I'm probably about the age of 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I started serving in our Sunday school because okay. all, all Hispanic churches. Yes, Sunday school. And so I was. I used to be the director of my old church. No way. Oh, yes. I was the director for the whole kids ministry. Oh, that's very yeah, cool. It, yeah. It started because I I I only taught the nine to twelve. But then, then there was little kids, so I had to kind of figure out how to recruit more wow. people so that we can do that. And that's and not then, easy. Yeah. No, 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 it's no. not. It is not. And so a big shout not out to everybody all. that does kids Absolute ministry across kids all ministry churches. Is, yeah. It is not easy at mm-hmm. all. At the age of 13, they just asked me and a friend of mine to lead the sports uh part of it so okay. some kids used to go outside and play sports while yeah. the parents were in church yeah. awesome. so we started doing that and then I got involved with the sound team production team so we used to run the production team for the Sunday school mm-hmm. um, so yeah just started serving there and then on Friday night some of the older guys were like hey why don't you help us out back here in the booth and I just started helping out like they would start teaching me sound and video yeah. and audio yeah. and so since the age of 13 I've literally been serving in church and I just loved it every Friday night it was the best place to be at yeah and I was back there helping out walking around my sister was older so we hung out with a lot of her friends because mm-hmm. obviously she was our ride and all that yeah and so we were did you I, have to be a chaperon for your uh, sister 20 every 24 <laughs> hours around the clock every day like any, when yeah. she's sleeping what you do yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, our parents sent us for her everywhere i feel bad for her boyfriends now her ex-boyfriends who had to put up with us i remember one time she'll say this story one time 
she was dating this guy, and me and my brother had to go with them. I forgot where they were going. They were going Wait, to Wait, both of you had to go? Sometimes, which is even worse, exactly. Oh, wow. And me and my brother go, and we get into a fight in the back <gasps> of the car. Nice. What? Like you and your brother? Me and my brother get into a fight where they're back oh in the back God. fighting, and I remember her boyfriend telling us to calm down to the stop, and we weren't listening to him. We were probably about you know, 12, 13 yeah, years your old. Boys. Yeah, you're like, ah. Yeah, exactly. And we're, we're like super upset at each other. <laughs> and he got off the car, and he's like, both of you, get off. I'm going to leave you here. I remember my sister calling my parents like, my boyfriend's going <gasps> and everybody was freaking out and it was like oh man i feel so bad now thinking back at all her but like if, if i had to put up with that it, when i was dating somebody i wouldn't date that person like what You'd in the like, world this is our no last but this forget, is bad. forget one chaperone because my brother used to be my chaperone but two yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then they start fighting and the then they start fighting that's every, okay. every once in a while it would be two of us and that, that was a lot to handle okay but I'm gonna tell you that's the br- best birth control <laughs> <laughs> that's true because if I see that I'm like I don't wanna have these two no <laughs> so yeah, definitely no. We, we're, we're, yeah, we are not going to uh, populate the earth <laughs> with these kind of kids we would not feel the commandment <laughs> yeah, today exactly. that's what your parents were trying to yeah, do yeah they're trying to like, put so it in their smart. system like, so I'm, I'm gonna put these two kids kids to fight so you're gonna realize think twice before you do anything <laughs> but yeah so this is what you will end up yeah, with so, but we used to hang out with all her friends like okay. her boyfriend and her yeah. friends so it was awesome that's what i but think you guys are close in age so that's like yeah, yeah. and it was it, like right now for example i think a, a couple weeks from now we have a, a friend of ours that's coming down from uh, north carolina mm-hmm. he, they were all like the, the older people the youth leaders mm-hmm. and, yeah and we're all gonna get together i'm the youngest one of that group oh wow but they've all become like my brothers and we've all been friends now for years. And it's so good to have them. And it was like my older brothers, you know, I had an older sister, but they all became my older brothers and we all still talk and hang and um, they're, everybody's serving in different churches and they all now have their families and their kids, but we're all getting together for a guy's night one of these days. And yeah, I was about it when they text me like two, three days ago, I was like, I'm the youngest (laughs) one in this group. And it all comes from that, (laughs) from, you know, my sister being older yeah. and her like just taking us to go hang with her friends from youth. But it was yeah. awesome. That's why I had such a yeah. a good experience. They all had cars. They all would go <laughs> out somewhere. I remember they all would take us to the Grove back in the day when the Grove was yeah. popping. And so yeah. it was like, well, I'm hanging out with like the, the cool people. And so yeah. I had, had an amazing childhood and an amazing time getting involved in church. So they, they would put me to like help. I, hey, we got to pick up all the microphones and all the cords. And they started teaching me how to like, how, you know, to how you pick them. up, yep, yes. how to roll how to the roll cables. Them. Roll you got to right. do it the right way. <laughs> yes. In fact, now I'm so petty with that. Yeah. Because being in the production it's team, the, I'm it, like, yeah, you just what don't are pick you up doing? Up, yeah, there's a certain way you got to do it. Yes. So I don't know if you guys have met David who serves now in production. No. He's helping out with stage and okay. all that, David. Um, so David was one of those guys. David, I, I was 12 years old. My parents married uh, David and his wife. My, oh, my dad wow. was the one who did the wedding for okay. them. So I was a little kid. And to him now, it's funny saying, like, I'm coming to this church and you're the pastor <laughs> when you were the little kid <laughs> in our group, you know? Um, so, yeah, he's the, the, like he's a production genius. He's done, like, stuff for, oh, like, wow. concerts and That's big awesome, big venues. Um, but all those guys just taught us, you know, what to do and taught us to, to love the church and yeah. taught us that you can – now, not to be weird, I think that the thing with Hispanic Christian churches is that a lot of them got really weird and some yeah. of them are still yes. weird. Yeah. Um, I had guys around me that were not weird, that, you know, were very cool, that uh, loved sports, loved, they were into music. Um, so even though my parents wouldn't allow us to listen to secular music, I would get in somebody's car and they would like, 
I yeah. still remember to this day my friend showing me the new Limp Biscuit when it came out. Okay, back in wait, the day. your parents didn't let you listen to secular music. No, no, like there was some music that we couldn't listen to at all. Like some secular music. Did was you okay. still listen to it? Like in yeah, the because the thing too, and this is why I think I had a pretty healthy childhood is that mm-hmm. um, my neighborhood was full of friends. Like you know, nowadays maybe everybody stays indoors because all these kids are into video games. But mm-hmm. yeah. when we grew up, everybody yeah. was outside. Was on the bike. I sound thing. really old. Yeah. yeah, we were all yeah. in bikes. Yeah, that's it, where it, I, I was think too. That's the best. It, yeah. it is the best. I think my neighborhood, and I promise, had like about twelve of us in bikes, and we used to go everywhere in bikes, all over Cutler Ridge and bikes. And so we would go over each other's houses during the summer, yeah. getting each like, all right, let's all go to you know Brad and Matt's pool, and we'll all go. Hey, let's go to JP's and and you know, play basketball. So they obviously used to play their music. Yeah, yeah. I still remember to this day when I went over to my friend's house and he opened up a Jay-Z album. And I was like, whoa, whoa <laughs> you know, this sounds amazing. And yeah. he started playing volume one. And I fell in, that's when I like, fell in love with like hip hop. And, I, okay. and I, Jay-Z to this day is my favorite rapper. And I still remember yeah. hearing him for the first time. I grew up listening to like DC talking T-Bone. Like that's all yes. I could listen to. <laughs> like, okay, you get play T-Bone and that's all you could play. And, you know, <laughs> T-Bone was great. I love T-Bone, but. But not Jay-Z. Yeah. He's but then I would get into like, you know, my friend's houses and they would play. Uh, my older uh, neighbor, JP, who was like a brother to us, mm-hmm. he would play. He was a little bit older, so he. You know, first started showing us Wu-Tang and L.O. Cool J. That oh. was his absolute favorite. <laughs> and so I'm like 13, 14, listening to stuff I'm not supposed to, according to my parents. So at home, I couldn't. Yeah. But because we had a lot of friends, mm-hmm. they would pl- they would all play all this music. And that's how I, I yeah. started falling in well, love with Well, I think I think there's like this thing of like, if when you become a Christian, you become obeyed. And it's like, yeah. no, you're yes. still here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I agree with the sentiment yeah. in the sense of like, yes, we do need to protect what we hear and everything in between, but it's like we're still here on earth. And so how do you impact something if you're not part of it? Yeah, yeah and if you're not aware of it. And, and I think it's, it's an age thing, too. I can understand, you know, my parents maybe seeing us at 11, 12, 13 years old and being like, okay, I don't want you to listen to a certain type right, of music. Right, right, and right. I think some of that is responsible. No, there's, there's wisdom in yeah. that. But there comes a time where it's just like, yeah, we're living in this world where you're, if you don't hear it here, you're going to hear it somewhere else. And yes. if we don't talk about it here, you're going to talk about it somewhere else. So yeah. um, my parents did do that with us, but once we got a little bit older, but there was a time there where we couldn't, yeah, what what are you doing listening to that? I can't believe it. We had to put up with all that. You, you had, had to, to only listen to your goritos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how, Marcos, we, Jesus, Adán Romero. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who else? Uh, there's so many, I can't even remember. There's a bunch. That's oh, what, that's what we Daniel Rios. Yes, uh, yes. Those are, those are classic. Those are classic. I grew up on all the, my mom used to wake us up at 8 o'clock in the morning to clean the house <laughs> with Marcos, we blasting in the house. Like that was, that was her soundtrack to her cleaning day every Saturday. And so that's what we grew up with. But, you know, all my friends and all that, they, again, even if they were Christians and in church, yeah. they they lived normal lives. They and had so, yeah. yeah, so we used to jump in their car. And, you know, my friend, I still remember him showing me, you know, the Limp Bizkit. Uh, my friend was, and this is embarrassing now, but I <laughs> used to love Creed. And he showed us Creed. <laughs> and then I had my friends from the street that would show me the Jay-Z. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I still remember when uh, Puff came out with uh, Puff Daddy and the family and hearing that for the first time as well. So I, I, I'm like, okay, I got a little bit of, of balance everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. You got balance So everywhere. at what time or what uh, stage, if you will, do you feel like you knew where you were going to, what your call was, if that's, um, if I'm phrasing that correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from 13 on, I'm, I'm serving in church, and I just fell in love with it. Like, to okay. me, I think even at 14, 15, I became a youth leader then, mm-hmm. and every Friday night, 
I would be there. I absolutely loved it. So I think I always had a love for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was 18 when I went to this one camp retreat, um, to this youth camp, and we were out, for, you know, kind of like we still yeah. do to this day. We, we all go out for a week in the middle of nowhere, and we're having the time of our lives. And one night there was just a, a very profound, beautiful moment mm-hmm. where everybody was praying and worshiping, and they yeah. did like this call, like whoever wants to come forward, and maybe I, I don't know exactly what the call was for. Maybe it was something like, you know, to give your whole life to yeah, God yeah, like, yeah. as far as like, hey, I'm going to go back different. And I was already a Christian, obviously. But, you know, I went forward. And I remember I was on my knees, face on the ground, just talking to God. And I remember I remember literally these words coming out of my mouth. Like, God, I want to serve you mm. every single day for the rest of my life. As long as I live till, I, till my very last breath, I just want to serve you, whatever that looks like. Right. But if I can serve you every day for the rest of my life. That's my dream, my goal. That's what I want to do in life. And I think it was at that moment that I really said, I would love to be one day full-time ministry. Kind of seeing what my parents did, but full-time. Like, I want to build the church. I want to help people out. I I love this, and I want to dedicate my life to God's service and God's purposes for my life. And I was all in. It was just like a night where I was just like, my life is yours. Like my life is no longer my own. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. Like I was like, okay, God, whatever dreams I have, aspirations, thoughts I have, all of that, I I would literally give it up right now and I'll do whatever you want. Like I literally, whatever you, whatever God would tell me there at that moment, I was down for it. Um, And I, I feel like that was a very defining moment in my life where from then on, I think I, I got up from the floor and walked, and I was like, okay, God, whatever you want. Here it is. Like, let's go. It's me and you. Let's do this. Whatever you ask of me, it's yeah. I'm yours. Yeah. Have you always been, like, very well-behaved? Yeah, in my house, you had to. My mom and my dad were, like, no jokes. So, again, very fun, but very strict. Yeah. Um. But no, but they would say that yeah, I was I was always pretty. Uh, part of it had to be like I, w- I was always growing up. I was a chicken growing up. I what was, do you mean you're a chicken? Like I'm very um, chill, and I don't want to get in trouble, and okay. I didn't want to. Oh, okay. you know, I didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want no like the rule follower. Yeah, yeah. Like so I was. And now we joke about it now that we're older. I would send my brother to do stuff. <laughs> like, you would instigate? Yeah. No, like, for example, like my parents had this See, rule. that's a middle you child thing. You were the mastermind. Thing. That is a middle child thing. Like, for example, my, my parents always like, you, you're not spending the night at nobody's house. Like, you know, and uh, cool. Those were the rules. Yeah. But my friends would be like, come on, come on. We're all going. So my friends around the neighborhood, we're all going to go spend the, the night at JP's house or whatever. And we're like, all right, cool. Uh, I wasn't going to ask because I know they already said no 50 times. And if you ask one more time, <laughs> you're going to get a whooping. So I, but I'll tell my brother, I'm like, go ask one more time. You know what I So my sister always, she knocks me for that. She's like, you always used to get Manny in trouble. And I kind of would. Was your sister allowed for sleepovers? Um, I think, yeah, I think for what, her. Really? But but maybe when she was a little bit older, maybe already like at 15, 16. Oh, wow. Um, she was allowed to. But but us, when we were younger, no, we we uh, we weren't. We weren't allowed to. Oh. Anybody could sleep over our house. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all my friends used to spend yes. it at our house. Our house it's was typically the, the I'm rule. Telling you, our house was the party house. Like I remember some Fridays after <laughs> youth. And again, I'm 13, 14. Everybody coming over the house. And we used to stay in my house till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, and wow. All, everybody. Like, my house was the house to go to. And everybody well, yeah, ordering pizza and all that. Your parents were the youth pastors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But even, yeah. even in another church when they weren't, um, people just, like, were drawn to our house. Oh, and, okay. and it was it was dope place just to hang and have fun because my parents didn't care yeah. but but th- yeah you can't go spend the night anywhere <laughs> oh, else no. <laughs> yeah, so do you charge your own people 
Do I what? Do you recharge like being around people? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love it. To me, the more the better. And you know, there's times too. Dana <laughs> makes fun of me because <laughs> I do invite everybody over the house and and I do recharge. I feel like it brings me life, mm-hmm. um, energy. I love hanging out with friends. Um, and, and so sometimes we'll laugh at that and, and we'll exaggerate a bit. There's some times where I just like to like just chill and do nothing. <laughs> and I'm a homebody for sure. But but I love hanging out with people. Yeah, that's yeah. And maybe it was part of growing up or Yeah, I think that's I mean if you have a full house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my house was always full of friends, always full <laughs> of people from church or, or guys from the neighborhood that we all used to hang out. Yeah. Um our street was very cool. Eighty seventh court, uh, there in Cutler Bay, all of us hung out together. And I'm telling you, it was probably 11, 12 guys. And we were always playing either basketball, football, uh, listening to music, writing music, um, doing all kinds of stuff. So we, we had a very active. Wait, so do you write music? <laughs> I used to. I used to be oh, like did really, you? really into music. Yeah, yeah big time. I used like to what happened to music? music? What kind of music? God called me into ministry. <laughs> 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 he goes, now I write sermons. <laughs> well, touche you know, I, there. But, but touche. It's funny because I was asking Phil this a couple years yeah. ago. I said, hey, does anybody in our youth, like, does anybody, like, write freestyle rap? He's like, no, man, we're living in different days. Because growing up, I don't know about you guys, but I went to Southridge High School. Mm-hmm. So I went to Miami Southridge. Shout out to all the Spartans. Um, <laughs> every, between classes or during lunch, everybody was freestyling in corners. Oh, really? The staircase used to be packed, and we used to see guys battle each other. Oh, wow. Wow. And I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean that like doesn't happen anymore? So I grew up like that. And all the guys in the neighborhood, yeah. we used to like, you know, participate in that and play around. Everybody used to write their raps and try to battle each other in the corner of the block. And it, it was like, and I'm, I'm saying the block. Like it was, so you guys it watch sounds like the project. It's, it's not like the project. I grew up in a, in a middle so. class neighborhood. But, but we used to love hip hop. And so we used to write lyrics and try to battle each other or try to freestyle. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I Again, that's all we listened to. Right. That's all we grew up in. Yeah. So we used to try to imitate it and copy it because those were the leaders of the culture. And we used yeah. to see them on, you know, 106 and Park. We used to see them on the basement. We used to see them on TRL. Yeah. And so we wanted to be the, the Jay-Z's and we wanted to be the DMX. And yeah. So what would be something that you would rap? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Come that. on, drop the beat. Come drop on. the beat. Nah, it was terrible. I, I even if think I could beatbox, I would do it for you, but nah, I can't. I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible. And I have one guy that used to be uh, the best at it, still is to this day. But the rest of us were. But it's like, well, what you write about? We were clowns. because it's like. Because you you're not you out in the streets. You're not out in the yeah. streets. And but, <laughs> but it's entertainment, so you make it up. <laughs> you make it up. You're like, I'm just, you, nobody, you're like, nobody. I got all these girls yeah, and there's nobody there. It's like I, I still hadn't even dated. <laughs> it's like, nobody better cross me. I'll cut you. It's like, man, you've been in your house and church your whole life. Like but praying. it was, yeah. <laughs> But I'll pray you, just, you get cut. But that's the <laughs> but that's the power of influence that what yes, you see on absolutely. TV you want to copy. Yeah. So I remember we all would wear the baggy jeans and the Timberlands yeah, and all. Yeah. And, we, and we used to buy. I still remember my parents bought us our first pair of Timberlands and they couldn't even afford them. And they're like, "What are we doing? Like this, these shoes are so expensive." But we're like, "I just want the Tims, mom. Come on!" And uh, <laughs> then my parents used to see us dressed later and be like, "Oh hell no! Why are you guys dressed like that? Pick up your pants!" And we're like, you "Don't tell me what cool is." <laughs> you know, and we're trying to like imitate whatever we saw on TV. Well, but I think I think hip hop was. I mean, I don't know now because I'm really disconnected. So I have no clue what's happening there. But I think hip hop used to be big, 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 big back then. Yeah, um, I, well, I would say it got bigger now. It, really? it literally runs the culture. It runs everything. It runs the fashion world. It runs everything. Hip hop has blown up. It's it's I think it's a beautiful thing. I think 
you know, you see something that started literally in basements and parties mm-hmm. back in the day, and now where it's grown and it, it literally dominates the charts. It dominates um, the radio. In yeah, hip hop is the culture mover. Yeah, and it's wild. And I experienced that. Like that's what everybody in the neighborhood wanted to be like and dress like and talk like. And so we were all very much followers of that. And you can still see it today, but the way kids dress, the way kids talk, you know, all that. But yeah. but maybe they're not trying to become rappers themselves as much as we were when we were little. I mean, according to some other people I've asked, but when we were young, everybody was rap, had a, like a rap journal. Everybody was trying to. Do you still have yours? No, I unfortunately, not not unfortunately, fortunately, I lost it. Um, Are you sure it's not hidden somewhere? He drowned them. Guaranteed, (laughs) I burned those things up. No, I'm kidding. I was. He went to one of the retreats and he burns it at the cross. (laughs) Exactly, that's what they used to make us do. I'm sorry, I cursed in this rap (laughs) here. Yeah, so I I, repent. No, but I got heavy into music, like to the point where, yeah, a few of us. We used to like, so we turned one of my friend's closet into uh, <laughs> a studio, a makeshift studio. And like Hustle and Flow. Did yeah. you ever see that movie? Yes, absolutely. Just like you we, know we, it's we, hard out here for a, a pimp. <laughs> That's my favorite movie ever. I love that movie. <laughs> we had a, a, a magic. I dream of being pimped, by oh the way, just God. so you know. We just ha- so you know. I have a cult and everything to oh prove Oh, my me. goodness. No. I, this is one of my dreams. Really? To be a pimp. She wants yeah. to be a pimp. I, listen, look. I don't know I, if you know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. If I wasn't a Christian, I am convinced about this. I would either have been a pimp, oh God. an assassin, <laughs> or a stripper. Oh, my God. Dead serious. <laughs> Those are the <laughs> career paths I would have gone through. Are you going to therapy? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to see our Mondays. Oh, my God. That is... That's... Wow. Yeah, I love to speechless like, there, huh? I'm, He's like, okay, we're done, guys. I'm shocked. <laughs> Okay, so I have a so question. So going back to my rap career. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> so we had a mattress. Up <laughs> we, we put this mattress up against my friend's closet. You guys would undo the bed to put up the mattress? We would undo the bed. We'll put oh the mattress. Oh, my God. That we was to, commitment. We were trying Seriously. to create a soundproof environment. And so the mattress helped out with some blankets. What did this? What What did the parents say? Did they parents had no idea what we were doing. The rooms we <laughs> were like they thought building, they were praying. In there. We were building our rap career. Like <laughs> we really thought we were gonna make it. And so my friend started recording on some little thing that he bought. I don't even remember. And they had this hanging mic. You took a set recorder. They bought the mic from like Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> cost like twenty dollars. And we we all literally used to go in there and try to freestyle and rap. Stop. And then is know, there so videos th- of this? Well. Yes, unfortunately, what, what there is vi- what there is video about is once I got a little bit older, now getting into like 17, 18, um, me and, and one of my friends from church got really serious about it. Like we really like loved hip hop and we were trying to like really make it. It's very embarrassing. But um, we decided to, to like actually go pay a studio and record. Stop. Yeah. So me and my friend used to literally save our checks. We started working. And we all used to save our money and go pay for studio time. We bought beats. We would get this producer, and we ended up recording a seven-song EP. What? Yeah. A seven-song? Where, seven Where is this EP? So thank God the internet wasn't around back then, <laughs> as, as much as it is today. Does Diana um, have a copy? It's, it's in an email somewhere. We have a physical copy, I think, in our house. We found one physical copy the other day. So we ended up printing, I think, a 1,000 copies of this. Like We, we printed a 1,000 hard copies. How much copies. was your investment? 
it was cheap. Like, again, we would buy a beat for like 100 bucks, uh, 200 bucks, and studio time was like $25 an hour or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and well, it was our, it was our friend's studio. Yeah. But then, you know, we also paid to get it mixed and mastered. We paid one of our friends. Oh, wow. You to, guys are um, serious. Yeah, we really thought we were going to make it. And then um, <laughs> we did a photo shoot in downtown Miami. Like, the Lies. only time we go to downtown is for a photo shoot Lies. to try to look hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so me and my friend, we were our group was called Mainstay. It's me, oh. and, me and my boy named Jay, uh, Jason. Um, and so we recorded the seven song EP. On the last song, my brother was featured because he was he was trying to be <laughs> a rapper <laughs> as well. Was my featured. brother was one of the features along with another one of our our, na- our friends called Juan. And um, we it was a I, I still listen to the project sometimes and it is <laughs> very good. And uh, <laughs> and so we literally printed a thousand copies and sold out. So I couldn't believe that Stop. I still have a copy at home. But it, we sold out because again, word just started going around and we used to again it was Christian mm-hmm. hip hop. If you listen, oh, it was Christian. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, no, okay. We, like my friends. This was already like we we started rapping with our friends from the from the neighborhood. But then you know my friends in church got serious about it too. And so it was very much gospel centered. But okay. but if you listen to our EP, it was different than the Christian hip hop I used to listen to. Okay. Uh, the Christian hip hop I used to listen to was mm. very, very like almost cheesy corny. Very, and, we, yeah. and we didn't want it to be like that. We yeah. wanted to talk about just life stuff. But, and, and then you would know we were Christians, but mm. but we were just talking about hip hop like yeah. and life, you know, well, whatever our experiences were growing up in church and in a middle class suburban neighborhood but we would talk about it and it's so, so hard you know I exactly. know so hard. life is rough in whispering pines and, uh, <laughs> but they would invite us to all these youth groups and so we performed in a lot what? of these youth groups we went to like two or three youth camps and we were like the special guests mainstays oh, here wow. they're gonna do the midnight concert no. nice. yeah, and so that's how we sold out out of all the copies we had like a big release party this is 2000 and Three, 2004 is when we oh, released shoot. it. 2003 we recorded. 2004 we released it. We had a big release party at some little like Christian club that used to exist. <laughs> and uh, Wait, all our how friends was and it family a Christian came out. Cr- it, it was like a lounge. Like, oh, okay. like it was. My, uh, one of our friends did what it. What was it called? Um, that one was called 360 degrees, like 360 and <laughs> or 180, I think. One of those turnaround things. <laughs> um, maybe it was 180, but it was because this guy and, and his vision was pretty cool. He wanted. After all the youth groups finished in the city at around, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 11 yeah, o'clock at yeah. night, somewhere where everybody can go to that, it's going to be a safe environment, yeah. have fun, play like some our music. Like Okay, yes. so exactly that, but in a very cool, they, they bought this warehouse and they turned it into like a super cool lounge. We actually oh, did wow. a, a lot of people in the city used to do parties there back in the day, like Christian churches used yeah. to throw parties there for the young people. And it was super, super dope. It actually wasn't corny at all. It was actually a dope spot to just go that and hang. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah, to just That's, go and hang literally yeah. till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. You know nobody's there getting drunk and act yeah. stupid yeah. or yeah. any of that. Mm. And uh, so we threw our release party there. But you still <laughs> facilitate it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just a safe place. I think they had a couple pool tables. They obviously had... Um, you know, music playing the entire time, and it's just a place to go. And you meet people from different churches and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it was a, it was a dope place to hang out. Oh, wow. So after you ended your tour, <laughs> so so what happened was, <laughs> no lie. So what happened is, we we record that EP, and there's a guy in the city that's starting this Christian label, and he hears us, and he wants to sign us to his label that what? he's starting. And this is like a wealthy dude who, mm-hmm. you know, he's a Christian, but he has a lot of connections. You're like, we made it. So I'm like, there we go. Like. This well, is the break. We were getting this a lot of. This is how I meet JC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I actually met Jay one time. Oh, really? Oh, really? We were so committed to the music thing that one one day. Well, th- I had already kind of stepped back. So that releases when I'm like 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And a year later, um, a year later, I feel more like, nah, I'm more called to ministry than music. Like, I oh, love yeah. the music, but I love helping out in church. Okay. So I, st- I started telling my friend, like, yo, I think 
you're gonna have to do a solo career. My rap career's done. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just like, I'm not built for this. I'm cashing now. I'm <laughs> yeah, cashing yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm already. I've won too many Grammys. And <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that my friend's talent so much. If, in fact, like I still talk to him almost weekly, and I tell him, did, did, he, did make he make it? it? No, but he, still, <laughs> but, but he still has a chance. And the problem with him is because he's been hesitant about releasing stuff because you got to be confident that you got it. And mm. and I think everybody believes he has it except him. And life oh. gets in the and, li- and life gets in the way too. I tell him all the time he's he's the best rapper nobody's ever heard of. I love him. I think yeah. he has a talent to do it and he's my brother and um he's absolutely amazing. So I almost started then kind of like managing him and I'm like, "Come oh. on." And I started getting beats from him and all that. But at the end we did. We ended up uh, going to New York cuz my friend had free studio time or we were in New York for a week. Oh, wow. Um, my friend goes, hey, Jay-Z works at that building. That's the Rockefeller, Rock Nation building. And we ended up going and we waited till Jay-Z. We were waiting out in the cold for like three oh. hours. We're like, we're meeting Jay-Z. <laughs> and I still remember that. Did the you elem- do the research if he was going to be there? Because imagine he's not even in the city. One of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like outside yeah, freezing yeah. to death. One of my friends did the research. He knew where it was. When we get there, we see, you know, like these Escalades and a, May- okay. and a Maybach. So I'm like has to be, you know, Jay's coming yeah. out. Um, then, we, I'm talking about we were like super fans. Then I see <laughs> his uh, his assistant. You know his tag? I knew his assistant, <laughs> Colleen. Like, we all knew his assistant because they would talk about it. We were like, see who she was. And Colleen's coming in and out of the building. I'm like, that's his assistant. He has to be oh, here. We're, wow. we're all like talking about this. Stalker? Bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jay was like our idol. And <laughs> the elevator's <laughs> door opens and Jay-Z comes out of the <gasps> building. And I told my friend, because I was already, remember, I'm done with my rap career. (laughs) (laughs) And I told my friend, like, yo, this is your opportunity. I remember Jay-Z comes out. My friend's like, yo, Jay, can I rap for you real quick? And Jay's like, no, I'm running late for my flight. Oh. And my friend's like, oh, okay, all right. And he gets in his Maybach. He sits down. And the door's open. And he sat there for, like, five more minutes. Um, They were waiting. They were putting bags in the car and stuff like that. And I remember me and my friend were like, yo, go, go, go up to the door and just start rapping. Like, people have gotten literally signed like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he chose not to, and so I think he still regrets it to this day. Oh. But we were all just sitting there looking at Jay Z in the car, like super stalker mode, <laughs> like we're weird, <laughs> creepy guys. Like, just get out of here. You're like, just get out of the car. But I really believe, like, yo, if Jay Z hears you, you'll get signed. And and so we were talking about it actually a couple months ago. And he's like, I just should have started rapping. Don't even ask, just start rapping. <laughs> and people, literally, I saw Mace got signed. Just start rap- rapping for Biggie, and they introduced him to Puffy. Yeah, and yeah. he got signed. So, anyways, all that's my hip hop little like. <laughs> year or two that I lived <laughs> what trying was your hip hop name or your rapper you name one? Your so, rapper so name? growing up in the street this is so bad <laughs> <laughs> I can take it serious I'm sorry in the neighborhood <laughs> in the neighborhood I'm gonna Out stop sa- I'm gonna stop saying the street cause it wasn't the street it was my neighborhood <laughs> and my cul-de-sac <laughs> yeah we all used to come up with tags cause back in the day everybody used to try to tag somewhere or whatever yes. so my tag was Nemesis so when I started rapping that was my name Nemesis and then when I was about like mainstay s- yeah, featuring yeah, yeah. Nemesis yeah like at 14 or 15 it's like <gasps> Nemesis you're in church like doing Sunday school <laughs> production. And then um, <laughs> when I got to like 17, 18, one of my friends one day looked at me and we were all writing. We were all writing one day. We were just going to record like this song playing around. And he's like, yo, you have a really cool last name. Why don't you just call yourself Sagat? And I thought about it for a few minutes. And I'm like, my last name is pretty cool. And people have always told me it sounded like the Street Fighter character, you know. And I was like, Sagat, I like it. And so I just wrote with Sagat. So everybody used to call me Sagat. <laughs> So that oh. it was just my last name, Sagat. Yeah, so that was that was my little character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when do you meet Diana? 
So th- in this rapping career, so, yeah. So she didn't meet you as after, a rapper after all the fame and glory. <laughs> and the global tours. Yeah, yeah. And our global tours to every and youth group in South chains. Florida. Yeah, all yeah. The gold Wait, did you have like? Did you wear like gold chains? Nah, and stuff like we, that? we had money. <laughs> 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 all our money went to like pay studio time, production, and all that. Um, we we tried to. Um, we actually. Nah, but it was a fun time. We we actually ended up one day. <laughs> one day we ended up opening up for Cool and Dre, who are you know they used to work with Khaled, and, and we were trying to get a connection there. And so we started trying to some doors were opening, but that's when I really felt a call. Like, like and I can't even like explain it. It was just like yeah, step away from this. This is not for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that was God. Maybe that was just me examining myself and be like, you are no good. <laughs> step away from this. Um, I mean, if you're getting booked. You had to be somewhat good. Yeah, I think we were pretty nice. But we got, (laughs) I just really felt like go to ministry, like just help out in church. So um, we started going to this youth group. All of us together started going to this youth group that was like blowing up. And I was like, yeah, I just want to help out here. I'd rather help out here. Like I love the music industry. And I even told my friend, that's why I I told him play around. Like I'll I'll manage you because you can make it. And I still tell him this to this day. I'm like, you can make it. Um, So I'll I'll do everything. I love being in like music studios. Mm -hmm. I love everything having to do with production and making albums, making music. To this day, I love it. But um, I knew I wasn't going to be in music myself as far as like I'm going to be one behind a a mic or something like that, Mm. like making music. But I'll do everything behind the scenes while I serve in ministry and while I help, uh, you know, local church. And yeah. so I just started getting very involved. Um, that's when I joined this young adult group at, oh, okay. at about the age of 18 that blew up to a thousand people um, on Friday nights. It was from nine to 11. We used to have a blast and then afterwards go hang out. Oh, yeah. And that's when I met, you know, Ceci, our mutual friend who in, introduced me to Diana and she invited Diana to church. Diana comes and yeah. then it's a wrap. And so how do you like so how do you get to Calvary? So me and Diana, we meet at um that old church and mm. we start dating. Mm-hmm. Um she actually had a boyfriend at the time. Okay. She was she had a boyfriend and I But you were the better man. Yeah, like you know, God sent me on a mission to save her. And <laughs> oh, uh, wow. <laughs> God said be Jesus. She's giving me the death stare from across <laughs> the room. <laughs> Diana needs some saving. Can you go <laughs> and help her out? And so I, I yes, Lord, <laughs> send me. <laughs> Your good and faithful yeah, servant yeah, yeah, will yeah. go. She'll, she'll say the story, but her version. But uh, but the real version. Yeah, the real version. She was dating some loser. And uh, I showed her what a real man is. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, not kidding, but not kidding. Um, so I. Yeah, she had this boyfriend, but they were kind of like on and off, mm-hmm. and we become friends. I think that was September. Oh, um, uh, you were the friend there. Yeah, I was a friend at first, but obviously I, I had already told my friend I'm marrying this girl when mm-hmm. I saw her, and we started hanging out, and she'll say that part of the story where her, I think her boyfriend at the time didn't want nothing to do with church, so Diana finally broke up with him, and we're already friends, and we started dating two months later, I think, mm-hmm. and yet like 10, 11 months later, we, we uh, got married. Had so you had relationships quick. prior to Diana? Yeah, yeah, just a few. Just a few? <laughs> <laughs> friends. For a few friends, a few friends. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, you grew Nothing up... Nothing serious. You grew up... Uh, not, not, not to be like, okay, I'm going to marry somebody. Nah, maybe not to the point of marriage, nah. But, you know, you do, you have... A I mean, was that uh, something that your parents were allowing? Because sometimes Christian parents are very strict about that, too. Yeah, about, like, like, dating or something? Yeah, no, dating no, unless you're going to get married. No, nah, my parents were super cool. They, they, they never had any kind of... Uh, 
hesitancy, hesitancy about any of that. Like we were, yeah, we all could. I think my sister dated also pretty early. We mm-hmm. I, we all dated. Like they weren't, they were super cool about that. Really? So, yeah. So and again, our where we grew up, it was a bunch of friends all together going to church. So yeah, there's a bunch they of people that you like. Everybody you hung out yeah. with. Yeah. And they knew it was going to happen. You're a bunch of, you're around a bunch of friends. Like, yeah. yeah. This person going like this person. Right, right, we're right. going to start dating, take us to the movies, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. We, we all lived those stages. But Diana was the one. Yeah. I think by the time I met Diana, it was just perfect. I was 23 turning 24. Oh, and yeah. oh that's a good age. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I, I want to get married. Um, I did want to get married younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I had just finished a relationship maybe like a year and a half prior that had gone, I didn't like. And so I was like, ah, man, I, I want like a girl that's just serious, mature. And Diana's always been very mature. So mm-hmm. she was, I think, 21 when we met. I was 23. Um, and yeah, I, just, I don't know. From the moment I saw her, I'm just like, yeah, this is it. Like I just knew, I liked everything about her. Like she just, she just, the way she carried herself, the way she, uh, everything. Like I'm just like, okay, that. I just saw it like that's yeah. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So in your preachings, you throw the <laughs> joke of like Sugarfoot. Do you really call her Sugarfoot? Where does the where did you where hear does this? this word? Where does this come from? No, I have no. Is this from your rapping days? No, <laughs> I have no idea where that comes from. I think I heard somebody say that once, um, and I thought it was hilarious. Like who calls? It's hysterical. It's I'm like, who calls their significant other Sugarfoot? Sugarfoot. So I say it Maybe as a joke. Maybe someone has a foot fetish. Oh my god! That, now you did. now you make me never want to use that again. <laughs> okay, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, how do you come up with this? Like, do you call Diana Sugarfoot? Like, oh my god! Somebody actually said Sugarfoot, it the other day. <laughs> nah, those those things are weird. Um, I don't. I, I honestly say it because I think it sounds ridiculous. It, and is. So, no, it, does. it does. So I think you know part of communication you gotta you know read the room a little bit and try yeah. to bring some comedy sometimes, yeah, 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 yeah. or try to lighten it if, mm-hmm. if it's been like a little bit. So I, I throw it in there to make people laugh, but I I don't know anybody who says that seriously. And if the, if there is somebody, I'm sorry that we're laughing at. Imagine you right if now. you started a trend and like the husbands oh are calling the wife like, "Hey, Sugarfoot, Sugarfoot." God, God forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Watch somebody listen to this and be like, "Oh wait, that was a joke," and they really are I'm using not supposed it. Supposed to? Yeah, call yeah. It. And if you do, good for you. Like that's awesome. You but do no. you, boo? No, me and Dad, I think we we don't know. Definitely not at all. We just that's just my boo. That's my girl. Like we don't. We're definitely not Sugarfoot. <laughs> <laughs> so how, call each so other. how do you get to Calvary? So you that's meet right, yeah. So we meet, mm-hmm. and we, we like I had already been wanting to transition to okay. a different type of church. Okay, because um, you all this time you've been a Hispanic. Yeah, church. this whole time, and okay. I, I, I'm born and raised here. You know, the guys from my neighborhood, my friends from church, all of us. I went to um, <laughs> Southridge. Something's happening. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what's happening in the background. I think Jersey is into Sugarfoot. And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and oh, so Jersey's the one that calls Arlene Sugarfoot. Ah, there we go. So we gotta ask, we gotta ask Arlene about that. We'll oh get God. some truth out of her. <laughs> and so, um, so I've always wanted, you know, I always wanted like an English speaking. So our youth groups were in English, okay, and yeah. our young adults, but our Sunday services are right. still in Spanish. And I'm just kind of like, ah, uh, like I cool this is awesome but i speak english my first english my mm-hmm. first language is english and the way i think is english and yeah you know you grew up listening to hip-hop pop all this yeah. kind of stuff. like my world is english so yeah. i found myself probably like two three years before i met diana already wanting to kind of transition out plus okay. i didn't like the way some of the things were going in that mm-hmm. particular church mm-hmm. okay. as far as like doctrine and uh 
philosophy of ministry, yeah. different things that I just w- wasn't agreeing mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. So when I met Diana, it was perfect because we both kind of started feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And um, we just said, okay, I think it's time for us to like, let's go. Now that we're, m- we're married, let's yeah. go look for a church that we both want to be a part of and serve together. Starting to build our future now. Okay. So uh, we started looking for churches. We literally just said, okay, it's time. Let's go look for an English-speaking church that, that matches our vision. Like, I feel like I'm born and raised in, in Miami. I, I, I know my city. I love right, my city. Yeah. I, was, I, I'm, I think it's the best city in the world. So I'm trying to, like, talk to people in my city and communicate with people in my city. So I want a church that looks like it. Right. And I want a church that anybody in my city can walk into mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. feel like, okay, this is cool. It's not... Uh, uptight it's not weird it's not you know any of that so let's look for a church like that that's just a dope spot to go and hang and, yeah. and build good friendships and we started visiting a few churches and that's when 90.9 fm was going on yeah and we hear about calvary we walk in we're like let's go check it out you know this sunday and we walk in and as soon as i walked in yeah i think we both kind of felt like okay this is it yeah this is home that was the first time we visited was 2010 Oh, wow. And in 2010, we visited and we absolutely loved it. And we're like, there's a dope church that yeah. we can call home. And we, yeah. just, we just started attending. We just, yeah, been there since. So was you started serving? So the thing is, when, when we, um, so the whole time mm. while I was trying to build a rap career, um, <laughs> I also, I also, my dad has a sign business. So okay. I was also very much into business. Like I okay. love business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love all things business i love that we live in a country that anybody can start a business if you yeah, want to same so i was helping out my brother my my dad me mm. and my brother were working with my dad whenever my dad's business wasn't doing too great mm. when you're self-employed there's months that are yeah, amazing yeah, there's other yeah. months that might be tough yeah. and it was three households eating out of that now wow. i would go work at uh, my friend's law firm my friend had a connection at a law mm. firm and i was working there so when we really? first started, yeah, like I was just like a case manager overseeing cases and stuff like that. Diana ended up working there as well. We ended up working at there for three years. So you guys kind of from the get go almost started working together. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, okay. when, when we started first started dating, she would come over and help me out in the sign business. Oh, wow. And she would help. I remember for our wedding, we finished one big job. Remember uh, at Town and Country Mall. And that job helped me pay for the wedding. Um, <laughs> so um, whenever we went to Taller. Mm-hmm. Um, the law firm, I remember we started traveling a lot to Orlando and Tampa, the okay. law firm, and I was leaving my newly, you know, wedded wife at home a okay. lot. So my boy's like, yo, let's hire your wife that way. You don't have to leave her. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. So she came and we, we were out almost every weekend working. Okay. So I would only go to midweek services. And okay. then so, so we weren't serving for a little bit just cause I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But we wanted to, and we were mm-hmm. like, man, we, we need to start serving. And so the first thing we did was join a connect group. Mm-hmm. That's why I love connect groups. And yeah. that's when we first started meeting people. I went from literally growing up in churches where I knew everybody. Right. Yeah. All of us yeah. are friends. By the time we all got married, we all decided to go to separate churches. Yeah. Um, everybody with their wives or their husbands mm-hmm. decided to go to separate places. Me and Diana were, I, I, there's this one church that a lot of people went to, but me and Diana just felt like, no, like it's, Calvary's for yeah. us. Like we, yeah. we went to that church and it was great. It's cool. It still is. Yeah. But like, we just liked Calvary. It was just, it was in home for you. Exactly. So yeah. at Calvary, we were by ourselves. I okay. went from a place where I used to go to church every Sunday or Fridays or whatever. And all my friends were there. And, and you and knew it was everybody. To now going, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now going to the place where I, we didn't know anybody. And so we were in and out. We wouldn't okay. talk to nobody. So I'm like, yeah. after a while, I was like, we got to get to know people because this is just weird. And yeah. I, I, I'm not used to doing church like yeah. this. For me, church is like a place, family, it's yeah. a home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we started uh, going to a connect group and we went to this one connect group. And I remember we walked in 
and it was like all married 60 plus years <laughs> and we were like the youngest couple in that connect group i think we went like three times and we're like all right, this is not for us and so we tried to go to another you know connect group finally that job we started we stopped working there went back to work with my dad and um i was finally able to start serving on sundays and mm-hmm. so we started um helping out with the new believers oh okay and so we were the ones passing out bibles like kind of the connect yeah, yeah, team yeah, nowadays yeah. Mm-hmm. so we were out there serving with mario uh Weeby. he was our leader mm-hmm. and we were just out there handing out bibles and talking to people and that's where we started serving oh yeah and it was it was awesome i mean absolutely so at it. what point do you get do you get hired by the church um or like how does that transition happen so i so we just started helping out a lot and, mm-hmm. I, and I met some you know started meeting some of the pastors there and, and helping out and uh, one of the pastors approached me and said, hey, why don't you help us in what's called like an overseeing kind okay. of position, kind of mm-hmm. like making sure Sunday services are are good to go. Uh, we used to call them back in the day Campus Ones. Right? Okay. It's just a weird name. I don't know why they called them that. Uh, <laughs> but kind of like just like a service overseer, mm-hmm. make sure everything's ready. So when people get there, things are in order, all that. Okay. So I went from serving in a couple teams to serving in that team, which was the Campus Overseers. When I'm serving in that team, I build a really good relationship Um with the pastors and they just start uh, giving me different opportunities. And, mm-hmm. and, and I started getting very involved in Calvary. Like I was there every Sunday. Um, again, I'll show up at six, six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. r- walking around the campus that we had West campus back then as well. Yeah. And I used to go to West campus and Diana was there with me early in the morning. Like she used to be back in the volunteer rooms, prepping food for all mm-hmm. the volunteers while That's me good. and the pastors yeah. were walking around yeah. and little by little, I don't know who asked me first. One of the pastors asked me, like, have you ever done, like, announcements or offering? I'm like, yeah, yeah, my old church when I was in this young adult group that mm-hmm. the youth pastor used to give me a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities. Like, me and my old youth pastor, that we were really, really close. He's mm-hmm. the, he's actually the one that gave me so much opportunities that it was also because of him that I decided to go into ministry. Oh, okay. Or that I felt called. My youth pastor was super dope, super cool with me. And he used to, he used to take me with him. My youth pastor used to get invited everywhere to go speak. And he used to take oh, me wow. with him everywhere. With him, I went to Canada, I went to Phoenix, oh I went wow. to DR. He used to oh take me with him everywhere. Yeah. yeah, so, and I, I was loving it. Like, mm-hmm. I was going with him, and I would see how you would help people's lives out yeah. and the change that you can make yeah. in a community or in a country or whatever. And I'm like, this is, and that made me fall in love with ministry. I used to have yeah. a lot of fun. My youth pastor was down. He was awesome. So, um, so I'm like, yeah, my youth pastor used to give me, like, some opportunities. So, yeah, I've mm-hmm. done some announcements and stuff like that. He's like, okay. So they started giving me opportunities at Calvary. I remember one Sunday, they're like, hey, can you do the offering? And I did the offering that day, and then um, like, I can do it again tonight, the 7 p.m. service. I'm like, <laughs> we were going to go home, but sure. <laughs> and so, you know, they just gave me, then just started giving me different opportunities. Had you preached before? The only thing that I had done was I, I, I had a connect group in my old church. Okay. And that connect group I used I, I did for, like, three years. So okay. every, like, Tuesday or Wednesday night, you know, a bunch of people used to go to my house. And, and we used you to have a blast. And, like the and I would do the teaching. Other than that, um, one time I did go with my youth pastor mm-hmm. to Phoenix for a okay. bit for a conference and they put him to preach like nine times throughout <gasps> the whole weekend. Oh what? And he was exhausted one Saturday morning. Uh-huh. It was Friday night and he goes, Hey, you're preaching tomorrow morning. And I'm like, I've never preached in my life. <laughs> like, what have you do? And and I remember he gave me like this lesson outline. He's like, talk about evangelism. Here's the thing, blah, blah, blah. And he gave me like a whole setup. And I'm like, oh my God. It, it was a small youth conference. There was probably mm. about 200, 250 youth. Mm. And that's a big yeah, that's conference. A, what are you talking yeah. about? But that was like a like a Saturday morning thing. Yeah. And maybe there was less than that Saturday morning set. Nobody goes to a Saturday morning <laughs> sessions. And so he gave me that one. He's like, hey, I'm gonna stay at the hotel resting you. So he stayed with one of the other friends at the hotel. And mm. I think they were eating breakfast and they went to hang out in the city while I went to go preach. <laughs> um, so one of the guys from the church hung out with them, and the other guy drew, like, drove me to church, and I, that was the only time. Other than that, 
like my youth pastor at here at home, like in Miami, used to give me, hey, go do the salvation call after I preach. I'm going to oh, call you up okay. and do the salvation call. Hey, uh, go do the, the yeah. offering. But I never preach, preach, like on my own. Like, no, nah, never. When was your first preaching? Yeah, when was your first preaching? 2013. 2013. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so we were, we were serving. We were helping out of that, that service mm-hmm. overseer type thing. And after I had done some offerings and announcements, um, the pastor goes, have you ever preached before? And I said, no. I told him this whole, you know, same thing. And he says, okay, hey, go check out our youth group and tell me what you think. Because he knew how to come from a, a, a place that had a pretty good youth group. Mm. And, and and it was, imagine between youth and young adults, it was 2,000 people yeah. at, at my old church. So he's like, go, go check it out. And I went and I gave him my opinion on what I saw. And then he's like, have you ever preached, man? I want you to go preach there on a Friday night. And I was like, okay. And I was so nervous because I never, <laughs> like, made up my own preaching or written, right. written right. my own preaching. Um and so I remember I write this message. It was called No Sleep Till, dot, oh, dot, dot. Okay. And uh, talk about hip-hop background. That's like from the Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. And uh. I just called it No Sleep Till, and it was uh, based off of Acts 21, when Eutychus fell off the window. Okay. Because Eutychus yeah. fell asleep. And mm-hmm. it was basically a message saying, don't fall asleep to God's call over your life oh, and all wow. that. Yeah. Um, and so I write that message, and I preach it on Friday night. And I get a text like around 1 o'clock in the morning. Um that said, I just heard the message. Get ready. I want you to preach one of the services on Sunday. And I'm like, what in the world? So obviously I don't <laughs> sleep Friday night. You're like, oh. Yeah. And then Sunday You're morning. You're an overthinker? Huh? You're an overthinker? To the max. Like oh. way, way over, like way too. Diana always has to like snap me out of it because I overthink everything. And oh, I really? it stays on my mind for days, for weeks, for months. Um, so Friday I don't I don't sleep. Saturday I don't sleep, and then I get the text Sunday morning, or or I get to church and they're like, yeah, you're preaching at five p.m. Like, All right, cool. At least at five p.m. is like <laughs> you know, it, was, it was a smaller People service. People are tired. They don't want to come yeah, to yeah. the five p.m. Nine eleven one. We're always packed, but yes. the five p.m. Like, All right, good. It's so like right between like dinner and lunch. Yeah, it's everybody's like, getting ready for Monday. So. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, well, that's not gonna be best. too bad. I'm still nervous. Yeah, I still yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. throwing up, but <laughs> it's the five p.m. I, I remember preaching at five p.m. It's funny. They just found the footage. We found the footage this past week because we found some hard drives at church that yes. we've been looking for forever mm. we found the hard drives and looking through it i found the video that really? of no that 5 p.m service and so when the 5 p.m service finishes i'm done teaching the pastor goes up and he says hey um i just want you to say i, I just want you to know uh Peter says i just want you to know you just heard the start of a young man's call in ministry wow somebody get this man in the car because he's preaching our 7 p.m at downtown campus and i remember i I freaked out because our 7 p.m. was like our biggest service yeah. at the Presby. Oh, we, yes. we used to Yeah, we used to rent yeah, out the yeah, Presby. Yeah. And it was an amazing, I used to love downtown uh, Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. And now they literally like get me and Diana, they rush us, put us in this car, and they drive 120 miles an hour to downtown <laughs> campus. And I ended up preaching that night. And I oh, remember, wow. so I preached two services that Sunday. And I remember after service, Pedro goes, hey, from now on, I need you to have a message ready every Sunday. I need your help. Oh, and wow. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm still not on staff. I was just helping out like yeah, across yeah, yeah, yeah. different teams. And I'm like, what in the well, world so is going on? So you weren't even on staff I at was all. not on staff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's April 2013. Mm-hmm. I didn't get hired till about September 2013. Oh, okay. okay yeah, so I was still, I was I was helping out my dad. I was, you know, mm-hmm. working at the sign shop and trying to lift up the sign business. Yeah. Uh, but every week now I'm trying to, like, prepare a message. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to give you one service at least every weekend. I need help. I can't keep preaching all of them. At that time, I think we were at seven services or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We so, had a lot of services. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, my God. And yeah. there were some weekends where I didn't have to preach. But mm-hmm. but every once in a while, I'll get the call, like, hey, you're doing, the, you know, the 11 or you're doing the one yeah. or you're doing the seven. And so that's how I literally, that's how I started preaching. And then 
uh, September is when they said, hey, we, we need you here full time because because I was really busy at work, too. And mm-hmm. there were some weeks where I couldn't write a message yeah. or I didn't have time to be fully involved. And they're like, now we need you on team. So 2013. Uh, actually, Diana got hired first as oh, okay. one of the pastor's assistants. Okay. And about six months later, I got hired uh, just to come on to help just to help out in whatever they needed. Literally, that was something like my job. Like, just just help out anywhere that is needed. The title and I was like, okay. is undefined. Yeah, undefined. <laughs> just have a message every week and be ready. And I'm like, okay, dope. And I couldn't believe it. It's literally, I've been wanting to serve God my whole mm-hmm, life, and mm-hmm. now I'm getting this opportunity. So a lot of times we pray for opportunities, and when po- opportunities come, we don't, yeah. we're, we're afraid. Yeah. We don't walk through it. Mm-hmm. And I remember my prayer back in 2013, like even when I got that text of, hey, you're preaching Sunday, I remember I felt in my heart like every door God opens, walk through it. Don't say oh, no wow. to a God opportunity. Like oh, yeah. if you told me to use you and if you told me that yeah. my life was yours, then you better take every opportunity yeah. I give you. So even though I'm afraid, even though I feel mm-hmm. like throwing up, even though I don't I don't feel called at times, I feel insecure at yeah. times, I feel like I'm not, I'm from Hialeah, I was a <laughs> wannabe rapper. Uh, I come from it. the music yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me, I'm a rap nemesis. Uh, <laughs> you prayed for God to use you. Yeah. Don't yeah. walk back on that now. Mm-hmm. And so now I... I know it's like that thing that people are like, God, use me, use me. And then they're like, God starts using exactly. you. And you're serving on team and they're like, wait, they're using me. And yeah, you're like, absolutely. why? You just pray that. What yeah. is happening? Like when I got the job opportunity at church, I remember thinking like, okay, this may be like the rest of my life already full-time ministry. Like, wow, this is what I prayed for. But it's mm-hmm. intimidating too. Like yeah. I'm yeah. leaving my dad's business to yeah. say, dad, I'm going to church yeah. uh, full-time. And it's like, do I really want to? This is what you pray for, right? You know, don't don't pray for something, and then when the opportunity comes up, right. not take it. Right. That's really good, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember like saying, okay, we're we're in, we're all in. 2013 September, I got on staff, and uh, yeah, it's been a journey since then. So you said you found the hard drives and you saw the 5 p.m. Yeah. the first preaching. Yeah. How how terrible? <laughs> looking at it now, <laughs> terrible. Like the EP we recorded, terrible. <laughs> Burn up all that stuff. He's me like, why did you guys find it? Me and Dad were talking. Burn about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Dad were just actually talking about this yesterday because, you know, you find notes from 2013 of those yeah. teachings and it's like, yeah. how did I preach this? <laughs> how did this help anybody? <laughs> and we were talking about some, one of her messages that she preached mm-hmm. back in the day. There was this dude and guy, uh, this guy in the church who who didn't agree with women preaching. Mm-hmm. But Diana preached this message, and it was that message that made him want to stay in church and oh, start wow. believing that women can teach as That's well. Crazy. That's and, crazy. And we were looking at the notes kind of like, this is silly, but <laughs> it's that that God uses. It's like when you go back and you look at your Facebook um, stories or what is the statuses. Oh. It's like <laughs> I'm eating, a, uh, eating a chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm I put like, this okay. back in the day. Why would, I, why would anybody want to know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm seriously, we, we saw our notes and we're like oh my god but isn't that crazy how god just makes it like he just does it i think over time you start overthinking i think when you're younger in the faith Mm -hmm. when you have that childlike faith god uses that and when we're older uh rational thinking gets in the way yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and we try to like think like no it needs to be a certain way and let me polish Mm -hmm. it up and sometimes god's like let me do the polishing i'll use anything yeah you know and sometimes we think god can't use certain things i'm gonna look back and say, whoa, God used this. This was so immature. This was so unpolished. This was so probably not theoretically sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> your like, doctrine, your doctrine and theology was all over the place. But God would use that to reach somebody. Yeah. And I think God's looking for that childlike faith that says, Absolutely. God, I don't, I don't even know what to do. Um, I wasn't trying to be a good communicator. I was just trying to communicate whatever was on my heart without yeah. thinking of communication style 
and all that. And do the and best to honor him. And, like, g- and God used that. Yeah. You know, and so it's wild. Yeah. It's like, man, don't don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't complicate it. Uh, the call of God is simple. Just say yes, and he does the rest. Absolutely. Walk so out. you get hired. Yeah, get hired. As on staff. Yep. So then you become the senior pastor. Well, bef- so I get hired on staff, and we start helping out. You okay. know, I start mm-hmm. preaching now, two, mm-hmm. three services over the weekend, all that. And in 2014, maybe about a year later, mm-hmm. um, they asked us if we would become the youth pastors. There was a tra- okay, okay. There was a transition happening in the mm-hmm. youth group. And they're like, hey, would you guys take over the youth uh, ministry? Mm-hmm. And I thought my time at youth was done. I've been serving in youth since I was 13, 14 years old. Yeah. When I got married and, and moved churches, I was 24. So I'm like, I've been serving like, you know, a long time. Yeah. In youth, yeah. 10 years in youth ministry and young adult ministry. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. And now I get, you know, this question that, I, again, if you say yes to God, mm-hmm. don't, don't complain about the mm-hmm. doors he's opening yeah. later. And so I'm kind of like, yes, Diana's kind of like youth ministry. I don't know. I don't <laughs> and she'll share her experience. <laughs> and uh, but but we both said, hey, we're, we're in this church to build it. And whatever mm-hmm. they need, we're going to say yes to. So okay. even if uh, at the moment we're like really back to youth ministry, we both say, we'll do it. Whatever is needed, we'll do it. We're here yeah. to build the house. We're not here to complain. Or there's some people that want God to use them, but only if it's in certain mm-hmm. positions. Yeah. And only if I get this title or yeah. any, only if this person, you know, sees me. And for us, it was just kind of Only like if I'm doing offering every Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for us, it was like we weren't even asking for any of this. Right. And now here we get you know, this question. And so we said, yes. And in 2014, we become the youth pastors. And uh, that was, but it was absolutely amazing. And we had a blast. And, you know, what's beautiful is now looking around and still serving with a lot of those people Mm -hmm. who became our Mm -hmm. youth leaders and served with us. And I just just copied what my parents did with us and the youth Mm -hmm. group. I just copied what my youth pastor did with us, which is just have fun, build an incredible youth ministry that you can have fun, have a blast, change people's lives. And 2014, 15, and 16 were some of the funnest years. So, okay, so I have a question because I just remembered Philly mentioning, because I had asked him about how did the mosh pit happen? Because I come from a background from my youth ministry. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. And also, if we had 10 kids, it was revival breaking (laughs) in our church. So I was asking him, like, where did the mosh pit and the environment and the energy came from? And he was saying that it was the environment you had created when you were a youth ministry. So where did that come from? Uh, um, Yeah, again, the the youth ministry that I came from was Mm. very, it was a thousand youth, a thousand young adults, 2,000 in total on Friday nights. Uh The younger youth would go from seven to nine. We would go from nine to 11. Okay. So on a Friday night, there's 2,000 people in that building. Oh, wow. And it was very much high energy party concert mm-hmm. very like charismatic in a, in a, it, it wasn't crazy mosh pit but not like it, the it, ones we have now. not like the ones we have now <laughs> but it got hype and so when, when i started like as youth pastor at calvary it was very much the opposite mm-hmm. and i was like i don't like this we got to turn this into a party like i think friday night should be wow friday yeah. night should yes. be fun yeah and so we started turning things around and i think so it just, when you sorry so when you got there it was like what what was the environment it was. They used to clap at their seats. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's. Nobody was raised up. Yeah, yeah. It was very chill. It was very chill. It was very laid back. It was very good, um, theologically, mm-hmm. doctrinally. They were teaching Bible, but even mm-hmm. that, I think youth, youth ministry needs to be fun. I remember. I remember being in middle school, high school, and you just got to put yourself in people's shoes. Yeah. 
you're in high school and middle school, you're hating school. You don't want to be in school. So yeah. the last mm-hmm. thing you want is on a Friday night to be in another class. Yeah. yeah. Don't make it a class setting. Yeah. You know, um, you want to be at a party. You want to forget about class. So let's make Friday nights a party. Because the other option is a real party. <laughs> exactly. The other option is let's go to Getty's. Let's mm-hmm. go to the clubs in the city. Mm-hmm. Let's go to all that. So, again, shout out to all my uh, old youth groups that were absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Since I was 13, the youth groups I've g- gone to have been amazing. Yeah. And they knew how to build environments that were very much life-giving. Yeah. And I think message never changes, only the methods. Okay. Yeah. And so I think the mes- the message always stays the same. It's always about Jesus. Jesus saves right. you, heal you, save you, redeem you, adopt you, all that. But the methods can change. And so we can use a mosh pit. We can use a dope band. We can use yeah. hip-hop to reach people as long as the message stays the same. Right. And so what we got there is just like we need to turn this thing all the way up because this thing is just not – the youth group wasn't thriving. It was, it was, in fact, it was, it was losing life okay. and it was, it was dwindling. And we said, no, this, we're living in the best city in the world, Miami. It needs to have the best youth group. Like yeah. it's just yes. mandatory. Like, <laughs> no, like this thing <laughs> needs to be amazing. Yeah. And so we literally started throwing parties on Friday nights and it was, again, that's just like, now there's a whole nother conversation when it comes to building culture. Right. You just need to get leaders around you that capture the vision yeah. and say, okay, are we here for us and what we like, or are we here to really help people out and right. help, and especially if you're talking about young people that are 12, 13, 14, that are looking at the hip hop people on TV, right. that are yes. looking at the magazines. and the, Okay, mm-hmm. so let's make this place amazing. And yeah, the band started playing amazing, incredible music, mm-hmm. and everybody, like, let's go, we're gonna lose our minds. And I just kind of started like doing what I saw in my old youth group, and then. Over the years, that's turned into a massive mosh pit, <laughs> and I love it. You've you know, gone just, back to seeing the youth. Yeah, now. it gets out of control. <laughs> and then, They're and then, crazy. And then, and then, you know, we become lead pastors. Phil goes in, and he just took it next level because he he's a mosh pit king. And so oh that God, thing yes. just went from <laughs> zero to hundred real quick. <laughs> now it's danger. Now I, I won't jump in there now. But but back in the day, did you it was ever stage dive? I never, never, no. never. Okay, so I had that, that feels like the king of that. I'm not. I'm. I. I would. Again, maybe going back to my younger days, I would push people to do certain things that I wouldn't do. I'll like my younger brother go ask mom and dad. I'll be the one that's like, yeah, you're like, hey, dive, dive. Yeah, dive. yeah, yeah. Go ahead, dive. You'd be dive. the one taking the ladder. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you dive. I won't you do die. it, but you I, do it. Yeah. I stay safe. You dive. Exactly. That, that's still me to this day, unfortunately. But um, yeah, but I love it. I think Friday night should be even, yeah. um, and, and not even Friday nights, Sundays. 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 I'm the I'm the first one. It's like I tell team this all the time. Sundays should be through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Static. It's a fun place. Like, who says church has to be boring? Who yes. says who says church has to be this like serious thing? No, the Bible says come into God's presence with cymbals and harps yeah. and all string instruments, yeah. everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Praise Him with the trumpet. Praise Him with yeah. the, all these. So you look at the Bible and it's very much life giving, noise making, joyful. Yeah. And so I always want to belong to a church that's happy, that's excited, that's full of praise. And there is serious moments yeah, in it, absolutely. but but a culture that's very much life-giving that people are going to go in and, and walk in and be like this is i feel better already yeah you know yeah and i if you're doing a youth ministry absolutely so we started turning that thing around and we started throwing parties on friday nights we went from i think when we first took over the youth ministry it was probably about 80 70 okay. 80 and mm-hmm. i remember the highest attendance we had one friday night was 500 we broke oh, through wow. 500 
But remember, I don't know if you guys were there when we, we printed these bands that everybody had, and we used to call it Youth Revival, and we put the number 500. And okay. I just told the youth leaders, we're going to break 500 one night. Just you got to have vision. You got to have yeah. goal. Like yeah. we're surrounded by all these middle school and high school, all these kids that are getting into drugs, mm-hmm. gangs, all this crazy. Yeah. Like, how can we not reach them? So let's get innovative and think. Um, probably average, we were about 250 to 300, but. But one Friday night, we broke through 500, and it was, we threw a big old party that night. Um, but it was, yeah, wild times. I, absolutely. We did that for two and a half years. Oh, okay. So then you get asked to lead Calvary. Yeah. So then. So uh, how was that transition? That So February 2016, mm-hmm. the church goes through a moment of leadership change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we, we actually had no lead pastor for about seven, eight months. Yeah. And for seven, eight months, nobody knew who the lead pastor was going to be. Nobody knew. So all the board told me was just, can you can you preach on Sundays? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll figure out the rest. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so I'm preaching midweeks on Wednesday yeah. nights. I'm yes. preaching Fridays. Yes. And I'm preaching Sundays. And so um, that's when we, you know, thank God for the team. We started, okay, hey, you preach next Sunday. And then yeah. you preach in two, three weeks. And we started building a teaching team. Um, and it wasn't until seven months later, September, when the board came up to me and said, hey, we want to talk to you and Diana. And they sat with us and said, we think that you guys are the ones that are called to lead this church. And if you guys would accept it. Were you kind of expecting that or? Not really. I think it wasn't until about a month before. Mm-hmm. Maybe that um, I heard that my name had come up. You okay. know? Um, but before then, no, we had heard that another pastor might come in from okay. out of town. Okay. Uh, they were going to bring pastors from other churches. We had no idea what was going to happen for, okay. those se- for those seven months Hardest seven months of our lives. Right. Honestly, it was yeah. the hardest seven months of our lives. We didn't know we were going to have a job. The church started dwindling down. Okay. Um, every person that used to financially help the church, mm-hmm. almost everybody left the church. Okay. It was very, I don't, I don't know if you guys were there, but it was yeah, very Yeah, so I was going to tell you, for you guys, you guys thought you didn't know what was happening or what was going on. But as a church goer, like, it was a very. Wow. Like, yeah. It was very peaceful and it was a very like, okay, I just didn't see the other pastor. And then I started wow. seeing you. So we weren't aware of the chaos. Like well, as no, a church I, yeah, going, I, it was very peaceful wow. transition from what I was perceiving. Yeah, because I, I was I started coming to Calvary in 2014 in October. Wow. So when the transition happened, I just didn't see Pedro anymore. Yeah. And then I saw you. So in my mind, honestly, like I thought, oh, we just have a new pastor. Yeah. So when yeah. they actually announced it, I was like, wait, I thought we were there already. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Well, yeah, that's, okay, that's sure. It was. Wow. Like that, for me, you were the pastor. Yeah, like, that me, was yeah. it. In that's my, very cool yeah. to hear that because behind yeah. the scenes, we were all dying. <laughs> behind the scenes. You're like, behind the no, scenes, I have sure. the oxygen yeah, yeah. mask. <laughs> behind the scenes. You're like, I'm having panic attacks. <laughs> behind the scenes, we didn't even know we had a job the next day. Oh, wow. Like, that's how bad it was. It yeah, was like. That's not what we perceived. No, and, and, and me and Dan also didn't like what was going on. So mm-hmm. we were, as far as the, the uncertainness of it, we didn't like. Just the the drama and all that, right. and so it got to a point where me and Dana were like, maybe we just maybe we'll just go to another church, you know, okay. like maybe you know we we served there already for a few years, cool. Maybe God, you're leading us somewhere else, but we always. So what made you kind of stay? Just that sense in the heart, uh, okay. you know, from God uh, of just hey, just stay here. Don't worry, I'm doing mm-hmm. something. Okay. And ap- uh, also the team, we okay. we were a very close team on staff okay. and. There was a very good friendships there, and so mm. it was kind of like we're gonna get through this together, whatever it is. Mm. Let's see what's on the other side. Whether they bring a pastor, um, whether they, it's somebody from you know a neighboring church. We mm-hmm. had heard about churches merging. Okay. 
or somebody coming from uh, overseas. And we heard a million different theories. And we're yeah. like, all right, let's see how this plays out. But in the meantime, a lot of people were leaving the church. And yeah. so finances took a, a hard hit. So we literally didn't know, are we going to survive another month? You yeah. know, am I going to have a job? Am I going to get a paycheck? I'm, 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 I need to know. I need to have right. some kind of security. But it was like, no, just keep believing and keep trusting. And end of September, they approach us and ask us. And we start talking about it, praying about it. And then we talk to our parents about it and mm. people in our life. And we finally said, yeah, we said yes to the call. And so beginning of October, we said yes. And I think it's that first weekend of October, they announced us as lead pastors. So that, that was October 2016. Mm-hmm. 2016? Um, yeah. yeah. 2016 was a, a very crazy year. But again, it's just God's faithfulness and God's goodness and yeah. um, us never looking for any kind of stuff. Like, again, my prayer at 18 was, God, I'll serve you however you want. And every time he's opened the door... I just always felt like if you prayed for God to use yeah. you, don't 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 close the door of opportunity. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, here was another opportunity where it's like I don't feel called to lead something this size. God, I feel like I'm inadequate. I'm mm-hmm. I don't have what it takes. But God's like, yeah, it's never about you. It's about me, <laughs> you know. And so trust yes. me, yeah. you know. He and we were we were getting <laughs> we were we were getting killed on social media. People were saying yeah. we stole the church. Mm-hmm. People were saying all kinds of stuff. Like our phones were going off with all kind of messages yeah. from different kinds of people. Um, and that's when you just got to stay focused and say, God, you know our hearts. I yeah. never. We've never looked for positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was making more money in the, in the law firm that yeah, I was working yeah. at. You know, we had way better benefits there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, I didn't I look for this. I think that's the misconception. I'm yes, like, yeah. I, I, think I don't understand why you think. There's yeah. this idea that because you became a pastor. Like suddenly you they're paying you a million dollars a nah, month. Y- and y- you know like what? what? I, it's funny because I've been thinking about this. I, I think. The, the, the world, right, the perception of people all mm-hmm. throughout the globe is that they get uh, a 1% uh, that is that becomes famous, right? There's a 1% of mega church pastors, mm-hmm. and it's that percentage that defines the rest of us. Right. So because they see 1% that are millionaires, multimillionaires, flying around private jets and all that. And again, not criticizing them. I'm just saying yeah, there's, yeah. There's, oh, a, yeah. there's a small percentage that is doing certain things. Now they think everybody's like that. Yeah. And, and I would say there's 99% of us that uh, I know pastors down the street from us mm-hmm. that don't even have a church like ours mm-hmm. uh, or our size. And they're just faithful men and women of God yeah. who love their community, love their church, are keeping kids out of drugs, are keeping yeah. youth out of gangs, yeah. are helping marriages stay together, are, are, are praying in the hospitals with people. Yeah. Yeah. And we discount those because of the 1%. Yeah. Right. And so but also, sorry. So no, also no. like. For like the people that are like the big mega churches that I know, a lot of their income doesn't even come from the church. Yeah, like absolutely. They have like books that they've written and yeah. stuff like that, and yeah. it's like, yeah, what they does do that other things like, on the side. And yes. Yeah. And again, I think we should all be it's careful. Crazy. You know, the, uh, you know, th- I think there is a, a responsibility over our lives yeah. to try to have uh, a character that represents who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody has to figure that out uh, yeah. and what they feel called to. But I can see why people sometimes criticize certain things. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that only represents 1%. I mean, yeah, it's I, a very let, small fraction. Let's drive around Miami and see there's hundreds of churches. Yeah. And the benefits that they're doing to communities, the food they give away, the money mm-hmm. they give yes. away, the homes they help. You're not like you're not there at the bedside of one of their sons dying. You know, yeah. you're not there at the bedside when their mom is dying from cancer. Yeah, you're the three o'clock morning calls. Exactly. That they do the pastors. So, so you yeah. see the one percent that's flying around in G6 and they got Maybachs and all that. Cool, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever. 
But what about the 99% that are just being faithful yeah. Yeah. and helping their community, our mm-hmm. community leaders? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's a huge misconception when it comes yeah, to yeah, pastors. Yeah. And it's huge, not until huge. you get close to the church, close enough that you can see behind the curtain to say, well, this isn't a dream job. And, you know, I think it's funny. I think we should talk about it more yeah. publicly because then there's a misconception around young people. This mm-hmm. is what ministry looks like. Ministry yes. looks like there's this yes. success. And okay, what's your picture of success? Because uh, only 1% are going to get to that level. Yeah. Um, there's a 99% chance this is going to be your life in ministry. Are you okay with that? Or are you going off the IGs of mm-hmm. people hanging out with celebrities, uh, people wearing the latest clothes, and they're pastors. If you want that, then you better think about this twice because not a lot of people make it to that level. But yeah. it's that it's that what are you going for? Exactly. Are you going after the title or are you exactly. going after God? Like will you serve God even if he never gives you the five million followers, uh, celebrity status type of stuff? Because that's not ministry. And yeah. I think the church did a poor job a few years ago in clearing that up. And I think now it's becoming clear. But but for a while we were concerned, and this is a conversation a few of us used to have mm. uh, for the younger generation coming up of young yes. guys and young girls who who thought that's what ministry looked like. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, nah, I'll take you down the street where there's an 80 year old man that has served his community faithfully for 40 yeah. years, never ever making probably more than 80, 90, 100 grand a year, um, you know, and just okay with his church of a uh, you know 500 people, a thousand yeah. people, and just being there in the hospitals, in the prisons, in the cemeteries. Uh, are you cool with that? Because that's ministry is just saying, God, I'll serve you no matter where. Yeah. And so you got to be very clear about that. Because if you think it's IG, and again, social media has fed this. Mm-hmm. If you think it's IG life, you're going to be very upset when God doesn't do certain things <laughs> in your life that you had planned, not God yeah. had planned. Like so God's not a genie. Exactly. Like, exactly. You don't just be like, God, God, just give me the platform. Yeah. Like, God, give me the platform. Yeah. Make me one of these big mega church <laughs> pastors. And it's like, oh, you got it messed up. Like Paul yeah. was persecuted. Paul was killed. Paul was stoned almost to death. Uh, Paul was whipped. All these pastors were hated in their community yeah. now we're in america and it spoils people and it yeah, gives misconceptions does. of yeah. what ministry looks like and it's like now i thank god i think this is where my church upbringing helps me like my mm-hmm. pastors were faithful men who were faithful to their wives faithful to their families who loved their communities yeah. who were out there serving food who were you know that's um, yeah. and i got to see a healthy representation of what a good community leader is so how do you think we breached that gap between the disconnect of what actual ministry looks like and the quote-unquote fame, IG. The 1%. Yeah, the 1%. I think that's a good question. I think it starts with uh, leadership in, in every church, right? Okay. Like I think every pastor should be responsible of what they portray. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a, another conversation, but I think, <laughs> I think every pastor has to be careful of what they represent mm-hmm. because the people in your church are looking at you yeah and they're 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 seeing what ministry is and so i think as a leader mm-hmm. something i've tried to do is bring people more inside my world okay and yeah. let's hang out on sunday night let's hang out at my house on a tuesday night let's go out on a thursday night on a friday night like come look at my world it's not this fancy world yeah. right mm-hmm. come look at what ministry really is come be part of the, some of these meetings come give out food with us yeah come do the city care event with us um yeah. The closer you bring people in and not isolate yourself, yeah. the more people will realize um, what the call really looks like. Yeah. And so, and I also think being vocal about it, the way we're talking about it right now, yeah. on our social media pages. And I think if you're not careful and all you're posting mm-hmm. is the benefits of ministry um, and you make it look like a certain way, 
Yeah. You're giving off this message to younger generation that that's what it looks like. Yeah. And so, again, I think we're turning that that corner now, and I don't mm. think it's like that anymore. Mm. But I think um, there was a few years there that, that it was very much looking like that because I had conversations with young guys okay. that wanted to be that. Yeah. And and I think in those conversations, is it, I would tell them stuff like this. I'm like, hey, that's not real life. Yeah. That's yeah, not real life. It was like there was this big boost of like, yeah. Everybody wanted to do ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to be a pastor. Absolutely. Everybody wants to be and a pastor. And it's like, yeah. wait, but do you know what it entitles? Yeah. yeah. Like, like the weight that it actually carries. That's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, it's funny. I never wanted to be a pastor. Like, I never had a dream. I wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> 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 I, wanted, I wanted to be a business. I wanted to, like, mm-hmm. I wanted to franchise my dad's business. Yeah. Me and my brother, when we were 19, 20, 21, um, we wanted to open up a barbershop. We wanted to open up a clothing store. Yeah. We, I, with my friend, I thought about opening up couple of businesses with law firms. You're going to be a rapper, barbershop, clothing <laughs> Entrepreneur line. Like I, over I, here. I, I love business because we, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. could do it in our yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I love music and fashion and mm-hmm. all this. And and so I'm like, man, let's, let's open a business. So yeah. I never had a dream of, ah, I want to be a pastor. And I yeah. think, yeah, when I hear young people say, I'm like, do you know what it takes? Yeah, I'm actually very confused. Uh, every I'm time someone by tells me that, yeah. I'm like, why yeah like yeah. why yeah I, I i always try to like probe a little bit and be like okay yeah what, what do you think it looks like and you know yeah. they start talking and you can already tell if it's mm-hmm. from, it's from a healthy perspective tale. or not it is very very yeah. much or most of the time it's people just want attention yeah people that just want a platform so so people can hear their voice mm-hmm. and i'm kind of like yeah like Record that's yourself. unhealthy that's unhealthy. That's Record not cool. yourself and put in an ID. Like. Watch yourself. And, and maybe, but there's people that are like that. Like for me, mm. um, so growing up, I was extremely shy and quiet. Like I never wanted to be that guy. And, yeah. and to this day, like to this day, have you seen that video too? <laughs> to this day. Uh, there, uh, there's times where I still get so nervous and yeah. I'm like, I hate all eyes on me looking at me mm-hmm. and waiting for me to like say something. It's like, no, there's a bunch of leaders here. That's different people. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm very much quiet and still shy and timid. Yeah. And I'd rather just chill with my friends and, but I realize God's call and I, yeah. I, I know my responsibility as well. But when there's people that's hungry for that, it's like, mm-hmm. wait, are you hungry to serve God or are you hungry to build yes. your own platform? Yeah. And you just want to be that guy or that girl. It's like, you gotta, that, that, that's an unhealthy place Yeah. because it's not always going to be like that. Yeah, it's like um, Chris Valentin, uh, which is one of the leaders from Bethel. He always talks about like if you promote you, what God pr- what God promotes, He protects. But wow. if you promote you, who protects yeah. you? Wow, that's good. And I'm like, yes, yeah. that's exactly right. Because yeah. then you can promote yourself out of His protection. Exactly. And it's like that's good. So what happens then? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. To me, it's always like I'm going to wait for God to open a door in my yeah. life. And uh, obviously I'll see where I can serve God yeah. in every opportunity. What I mean is like platforms. Like I'm not right, going right, to seek right, right, one. Right. I'm yeah. not going to seek, I'm not going to seek platforms. God will give you a platform yes. when you least expect it. And mm-hmm. sometimes we're waiting for a certain platform. There's another platform that God is using us, but because it's not a platform that we think we discount right. the platform mm-hmm. we already have. Yeah. And it's like you, you're discounting the platform that you have ministering to people at the connect corner every single Sunday. And uh, sometimes you're making more of an impact than the local pastor on the platform. Uh, You're discounting that Sunday school teacher platform that is raising up the next generation and instilling something that goes far beyond what, uh, you know, a pastor can do. Uh, There's so many platforms that we don't look at because it's not full of bright lights and attention. And to me, it's like, well, this platform comes with a heavy price. It comes Mm -hmm. with a heavy weight. And you got to think about it a lot. Um, and not discount the, the season and the platform that God has you in right now. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question. Um, what is it for Pastor Alex? 
what is it like for him to be like, okay, this is how I'm going about my week. And this is how Pastor Alex gets ready for like a Sunday. Week to week, it, it's it's full of meetings, full of study time. Um, I, I love serving with our team. I think we have the best team on the planet. Um, but for example, like Mondays were off and mm-hmm. that just started because we used to have like seven, eight services on <laughs> Sunday. So by the time we finished mm-hmm. at like one o'clock yeah, in the morning, everybody coma. went, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so yes. even though now after COVID, we only have three services, we will eventually go back to having more. Mm-hmm. And so Mondays is just a good day to rest for all of us that yeah. are on team. So Mondays we rest. Usually me and Dan are, you just chill at home. We go run do errands that we couldn't do on, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or we'll do something relaxing. Sometimes I'll go play golf with the guys or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, um, or other times, home responsibilities, painting the house, right. fix, fixing the garage, all that kind of stuff. So that's a Monday. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday's our meeting day. Tuesday's like where we knock out most of our meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tuesday's a full-on meeting day. All kind of meetings, service planning, creative, all, all those kind of meetings. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays, I take like my study day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I already have an idea of where we're going because of our series and all that okay. kind of stuff. But I'll start prepping now that week to week kind of message. Mm-hmm. And I'll start. I I, I kind of Wednesday is like my research day. I'm going to research. Okay. I'm going to re- read as much as I could. Read a bunch of commentaries. Get prepared. Okay. All that. Uh, Thursdays, it'll be a little bit more of that plus some more meetings. Like We'll have a mm-hmm. financial meeting. Whatever meeting we couldn't do on a, on a, on on a, a Tuesday, Tuesday? Okay. we'll usually have on a Thursday. Okay. And so I would say both are study and um, meeting days. And then Fridays is just wrapping up the message. I'll be in the office wrap, trying to wrap trying to wrap up the message. Mm-hmm. And then you know, sometimes I still think I, th- I take way too long. Um, but yeah, and, and and every week is different. You know, sometimes yeah. you'll have meetings with somebody in the city. You'll have meetings with other pastors. You'll yeah. have meetings with uh, stuff that they want you to be a part of in the community. So all that we try to fit it into the schedule. Um, and then Saturday should be uh, an off day. But for me. I'm, again, probably being an overthinker. I will review the message a thousand times before Sunday. So usually Saturdays we try to take it easy. Mm -hmm. We'll go run some errands or something in the morning. We'll do whatever we got to do. I try to be back at home by the latest 7 p.m. on a Saturday night just to Mm -hmm. be chilling and going over the message, trying to memorize, getting in my heart, getting in my spirit. Like I don't want to be tied to my notes. Mm -hmm. So I just try to get the majority of it in my mind, heart, and soul. So uh, to get ready for a Sunday. So by like 10, 11 o'clock at night, we try and to And that's not taking into account like shepherding the people. Yeah, exactly. No, that's during the week. We have a bunch of stuff that's not on calendar that will come up. You know, whether it's a phone call you weren't expecting, somebody yeah. you got to go visit, somebody you got to go have coffee mm-hmm. with. Uh, These are the things they don't think about. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then you know, we're, yes, you, we, we, we are pastoring the church, but to pastor the church, you need a, a group of leaders. Yes. And to have that group mm-hmm. of leaders, you, you need a pastor those leaders yes so during the week it's like yo let's go have lunch with this person yeah. yo you you and i let's go have a one-on-one over here and so pouring in. it's taking yeah. care taking care of the yeah the pastoral yeah. team or the staff team or people that may not be full-time but but are still considered you know so how do you kind of outline because we do series yep so how do you kind of outline is that something that you already kind of have yeah. or you kind of go month through month or the, i think the last three four years what we've done is mm. uh, somewhere around november december sometimes okay. it'll even be january uh, we'll do a, a series planning meeting for okay. the year. And so Who's I, we? Uh, it'll be the teaching team. Okay. So like me, Diana, uh, Phil, Adam, Rich. Mm. Um, yeah, just a few of us. We'll get in a room okay. 
and you know everybody has a heads up so everybody mm -hmm. comes with different ideas right, 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 right. and I'll try to come in with an outline of what I think the year can look like okay and I'll say hey some series I know I want to do already like hey okay. these have been in my heart I feel okay. like this is what we got to do this year so uh, we have this for January this for February maybe I got one for August September what yeah. do you guys think let's throw some ideas what are mm -hmm. some things that you think the world is facing today our church is going through yeah uh, people in our community are mm -hmm. facing um, let's try to tackle those and everybody will come with different ideas um, sometimes most of those meetings that we've done three past three, four years will come out with like 10 months plan. So that's, oh, wow. that's a very good, yeah, it's a very that's productive a very meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think we had one where it, we only did like half a year, you oh, know, okay. it was one of those things where it's like, okay, let's just wait a little bit more before we plan the rest of the year. But even then that's a yeah, lot, that's like yeah. half of the year. Good. Yeah. We, we, we never did that before. And I just think it's healthy because it gives us direction. Yeah. And I think. I used to hear negative stuff about it. Like, oh, you got to let the Holy Spirit lead you. And I think the Holy Spirit can lead that. Yes. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, everybody knows on team, it's subject to change. Yeah. Like this year, we had another series for August. I forgot what we were going to do. And last minute, we decided to change it. I, mm -hmm. did, like, I think it was literally 20 days before. I was just like, nope, we're not going to do that series. I feel in my heart, we're going to do this series. What does mm -hmm. the Bible say about, remember that series? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay, so the last two series have been yeah, very phenomenal. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And I think it's it's been doing like a little like a shift. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. In, in the church yeah. and like opening people's eyes Absolutely. And, and digging deeper in a sense. Yeah. Like, well, okay, I think like, our, I mean, I think shift. our church has matured a lot. A lot. Yeah, I, I'm, did you, I, did you hear that somewhere? Cause it's funny. That's the word I used. I think I staff last week when I talked to staff, I said, our I think our church matured this year. Yes. yes. Like I there's been a lot did. of growth Yeah. Uh, because I think a lot of people have a week to week relationship with, with God. Like they do like a Sunday relationship, mm -hmm. but I feel like our church took a step in the right direction of growing in their relationship with God. Maturing, yeah. maturing, yes. just spiritually yes. maturing. Mature, and yeah. so, yeah, I think the series have been awesome. And yeah. I, of course, every year, I think they're absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> uh, but but this He's year... Like, not to do my own horn. You know, not to compliment <laughs> our like team. God but God was in my room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He told I me that personally. <laughs> and I said, yes, he Lord, yes. He was nowhere else. He was nowhere else but here. Yeah. Being a good servant of the Lord. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think but I think there's something about this year. And I think I think I think our team also, we did a great job at responding to everything that happened in the past year. Yes. And everything I that's happening in culture. COVID, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I think seeing how social media is, is working and influencing people, yeah. the church has to respond to that. And I think we did respond to that, are responding to that, will be responding yeah. to that. And I think that's been so healthy. People want truth. People are looking yes. for truth. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and, and Yes, absolutely. We're all about the lost and we're going to make our services comfortable for people to walk in. Mm -hmm. But you you also have to teach truth and preach truth and yes. help people find. And yeah. I think and I think we we did that well this year. Like I, I can look back at this year and my I'm content. I'm glad. I think we we did what God wanted us to do. And yeah. now we're getting ready to plan 2022. So we still don't have 2022 planned. Mm -hmm. I got some ideas, but we should be doing the meeting in the next few weeks. And uh, so that's how we do our series. So, okay. So last year, 2020, was a very crazy year. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely wild. Year. Nobody in the world was expecting it. Nobody. So that happens and you, we make, well, church makes the decision to, as long as with other ones, to close. Yep. How were you feeling during that transition? It it was crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, 2020 was just a, a wild, <laughs> wild car. Yeah. We, what's going to happen? Honestly, I sorry. I think Not like sorry. everybody, we opened 
yes, 2020, Eurovision. And then yes. it happens, you're like, oh, no, this yeah. is not what I wanted. Yeah. You know what's funny? Because <laughs> because of everything that happened in 2016, yeah. I felt like 2020, we were there, where I envisioned to be but four you years were. prior. And we were. Like, yeah. like 2020 started off amazing, <laughs> phenomenal. Like, I felt we were clicking on all cylinders. We were hitting everything. You started with the fast on a bang. Yes. It, it, I, well, it was, we asked for miracles. We did. We yes. did. That was the miracle series that we were in. Yes. Like everything happened. Yes. I, I just felt like our youth group was where Phil, you know, envisioned it to be. Our church was where we envisioned it to yeah. be. All of us, like our teams, we were thinking, okay, by the end of 2020, this is it. Like, this yeah. is the okay, year. Okay, so it was like we were on a train. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, going, 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 yeah. going, going, going. And then it's like. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, guys, I have a different plan, though. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're like, oh, no. (laughs) I'm with my family on Wednesday night. um, Wednesday night, I'm with my family. We were doing like a a barbecue at the house, and my whole Mm -hmm. family came over. We're just chilling. My whole family's just chilling at my house on a Wednesday night. And we're watching basketball while we're barbecuing, all that, and I see... Tom Hanks and his wife got COVID-19. They're, they're not going to have to stay in Australia or something like that. Blah, blah, uh, This thing got canceled. Blah, and we started getting news of, like, different people that now had to be stuck and mm-hmm. got the, mm-hmm. the, the virus. And uh, this is going to be canceled. And this is going to be canceled. And this basketball game tomorrow night is going to be canceled. And I'm getting all this news, like, at the same time. I feel like mm-hmm. it's 10 p.m. at night. Yeah. And I'm seeing all this. And I'm like, whoa, what is happening in the world right now? Yeah. Then we go into work on Thursday and things get worse overnight. Yeah, yeah there's bad news after yes. bad news. And you're like, what? And now there's some people with the virus in our own country. And I'm like, what is going on? And so we made the decision that Thursday mm-hmm. not to have church that weekend. We're going to do online, blah, 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 because everything's happening. By the time the weekend got around, there was absolute yeah. chaos all over the country. So we did that first weekend. And I honestly thought, okay, this might last two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. We're going to be online cool we'll figure it out we've done it for hurricanes and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. yeah. down in south florida we kind of get a, a little bit of a of an understanding of what it can look like to not have church for a yeah. week or two cool and then all of a sudden you know now this thing's going for a month mm-hmm. two months and i'm just like god what's gonna happen to the church i'm just like yeah. god what do we do what do I'm, I'm four years into ministry yeah I'm, i don't know what to do it's a large church how do you help people <laughs> out what do we do and i'm confused yeah. and i'm like are we never gonna meet in a building again because um, for a little bit, that's what it felt it like. It did. Like, it did. We're it's like, never going to open again. Okay. And and I think it's just, you got to know, you got to be in tune with God and you have to not be afraid to make decisions. Yeah. And every the whole team, it's a team effort. If you yeah. got people on team that are hard-headed, that are Debbie Downers, <laughs> that are negative, uh, they're going to make decisions that much yeah. more difficult, yes. transitions that much more difficult. Yeah. And I just feel as a team, we were like, everybody was like, let's go. Hands very solution driven. Yeah. Very much like, let's go. If God is for us, nothing can be against us. Let's mm-hmm. go. Hey, let's start buying camera. All this money that we've been saving, trying to buy online while we've been helping out the community, all that. Yeah. Hey, let's go buy brand new cameras. Let's go online. We're gonna, how can we make, then we literally started having meetings on how can we make our online experience absolutely amazing and reach yeah. all these people. Then, hey, okay, let's get together. Let's do our outreach uh, meetings. How can we do our city care next level every week, providing meals to families, um, people that got COVID-19 let's go give them an offering let's go fill up the refrigerator let's mm-hmm. go help help out these people uh people that you know that has started having family members yeah. pass away like okay now this is like church in action for yeah. real like you want to yeah. be in ministry yeah. this is yeah. it yeah. Uh, but everybody knowing how to change quickly mm-hmm. pivot you got to know how to pivot you got to know how to change you got to not be afraid and say no way we're built for this and yeah. having that confidence and it's a team effort again I think it's everybody the tenacity and yeah. flexibility yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. not be afraid. And even yeah. if you're afraid, do it afraid. Like, yeah. God's got us. I don't know what this is going to look like online, but yeah. the worship team started recording stuff online. All the camera people, all the creative people. Yeah. And shout out to all of them. They did such an excellent yeah, job. Sometimes did. staying up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. making sure the edit was right for <laughs> Sunday. Um, <laughs> our financial team and all of our accounting team together mm-hmm. saying, okay, this offering for this person, this offering for this person. And just everything that we thought 2020 was going to look like, yeah. it's not going to look like this no more. And it's okay. Yeah. Time to transition. Let's yeah. do it. That's and awesome. It was, it was awesome. You guys were able to just adapt I think, so quickly. I yeah. think you guys were one of the quickest response teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm proud yeah. of our team. They, they, everybody did a phenomenal job. Like, yeah. I'm proud of our church. I look back at 2020. It wasn't what we looked like, but it was more than what we thought, mm-hmm. if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. 2020, we all literally said, we're here. Like, yeah. after 2016, yeah. we're here. This church feels phenomenal like we're there we made like this okay we're back to feeling like yeah. what we what we were once and we're there and then now sudden, like the storm COVID is hits. over yeah. the storm is over yeah. and it could have been so easy <laughs> yeah to get depressed it right. could have been so easy to give up it could have been so easy to get frustrated or mad at god mm-hmm. and yet god turned it around and because yes. we were obedient because we were quick to respond because we were quick to say yes to god because we weren't because we were flexible that's one of the things we said in every dream team meeting remember Mm -hmm. stay flexible because we were the whole team was hey whatever we got to do we'll do it yeah 2020 didn't look like we thought but it came out better than what we thought yes and we gave away through the whole year Mm -hmm. over two hundred thousand dollars oh wow uh we helped out churches in our community we gave offerings to churches in our communities pastors who weren't uh, unfortunately, we're not in the situation we were in. Where well, yeah, that's another thing. Like, so we kind of sort of had a system yeah. where we kind of do YouTube and, and yeah. stream and stuff like that. But, but imagine the churches exactly. that have nothing. Yeah, like I got a, I got a bunch of friends in the city and some of them weren't prepared or some of them didn't have cameras. Yeah. Some of them didn't have uh, a system set up for even, a, you know, obviously churches survive off off ties and offerings. Yeah. And so some of them now goes a month and a half without receiving tithes and offerings because yeah. they don't even have an online system. For right. People that want to support their, yeah. their their ministry don't have a way to give to their church. Yeah. Some of them were receiving envelopes with offerings at their offices because people couldn't give online. Now, oh, wow. now us teaching other churches like, hey, this is how you can do it. This yeah. is how your people can give and support easily. This is how you can build a camera and this is yeah. use this equipment and use this equipment and, you know, just helping out being now resources to other churches. Mm-hmm. That was awesome too. Uh, there was a few churches in our city that weren't going to make it past the pandemic. Like yeah. obviously all their people are at home, not giving, afraid, giving went yeah. down for everybody. And so it's like, hey, let's step in and, and bless those mm-hmm. churches. Like this isn't just about us. We need every church in Miami yes. strong. We're like, yeah. our, we're living in a city of like 5 million people. The greater Miami district is 5 million people. Mm-hmm. Like Calvary's not the only church that's going to yeah. reach all these people. Yeah. So no, I, we can't. I need that church down the street yeah. to be healthy. I mm-hmm. need that you know church down on the other side of our city to be healthy yeah i need those pastors to be healthy and strong like we we can't be selfish and is not yeah. it's not all about us and so let's let's be a blessing and so again looking back at 2020 it's like whoa nothing <laughs> like what we thought <laughs> yeah. but better than we thought yeah. <laughs> yeah. no i think the church leaked out of yeah. their uh, of its comfort absolutely everybody's in it, yeah, yeah. 
because it was just like, oh, unprecedented, but we were able to adapt so quickly. It, 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 it reminded me, I know we just did the book, but it reminded me of the book of Acts. Like, this yeah. is what church mm-hmm. looks like. Don't mm-hmm. get used to, don't get used to the Sunday services. It's great. I love the lights yeah. and the platform, and I love our worship, and we have a beautiful service. But yeah. you want ministry. It's 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Ministry is being in the streets. Ministry is filling up people's fridge. Ministry yeah. is literally visiting homes of people that had COVID and dropping off a bunch of bags at the door because you can't even go inside. Yeah. Ministry is getting a call that this family member has you know their dad dying in the hospital yeah. so mm-hmm. let's meet them outside the hospital and pray with them and cry yeah. with them and hug yeah. them um that's ministry yeah you know so uh, 2020 gave us gave everybody a good <laughs> training ground like yes. you want to be a minister this is what ministry looks like should have done 2020 <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah if you if you want to be a ministry that's a good good training Go back ground to 2020. Yeah, that's good training ground that's what it looks like I most have, of the time i have one question what has been the happiest day of your life Wow, that's uh, that's a hard question. Um, there's a, li- you know, I'm a, I'm a life lover. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm very much, you, you know, and you ask Diana, and she'll tell you I'm I'm very much too optimistic at times, and um, I love life. I love mm-hmm. living. Mm-hmm. I love. I think this world is yes, it's full of problems, right? but I think yeah. it's a beautiful life, and I think it's a beautiful opportunity that God has given us to live here and for whatever years it is i'm asking to live past 95 but whatever it is you know and so for me there's a lot of happy days yeah i enjoy life i'm a lover of life i i love to be with family and friends and laugh and have a good time so there's a lot happiest day of my life it's it's hard to define it to to one i would say King, he turns, one, and, looks, he turns one, and looks at Diana. One, of course, <laughs> when I married Diana is absolutely <laughs> one of that. You know, it's funny, but I actually had that, that a, a thought like that. The other day, it's a few months ago, um, we had dinner, and it was dinner with everybody that's part of the Calvary board. Mm-hmm. And we were at an Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. and they gave us, uh, because one of the board members knows the owner, they gave us like this private room in the back and so we're in this really cool italian looking room um playing italian music i'm having the best pasta in my life (laughs) and i'm surrounded by people that represent something in my life because Mm. because the people in that room some of them knew me when i was four or five years old okay some of them were very vital to me when me and dana started serving in ministry Mm. um some other people were there that came just in this past two years to to come help push us to like the next level of what we had to believe and have faith for and i remember for a moment i just sat back in that room and i looked at it right and it was like Mm -hmm. this again i'm an italian lover and i love all things italy so i'm looking (laughs) at the room and i'm in this beautiful setting with beautiful music i got my wife next to me and i got all these people that represent something in my life Mm. And I thought, God, you're so good. This is one of the best nights of my life. I literally said that. I said, this is one of the best nights of my mm-hmm. life where my heart was so content. Mm-hmm. God, you've been so faithful. I felt like, God, you've been taking care of me my whole life. Yeah. yeah. That even when I wanted to quit, even when I thought I wasn't cut out for this, even when I was insecure, even when I thought I've made too many mistakes, there's no way you can call me. All along the line, you put people around me when I was five, when I was 15, when I was 30, when I was 35, Mm. to keep reminding me I'm with you. I love you. Now they were all in that room Mm -hmm. eating pasta. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> it was amazing. Like it was like, whoa, God, you're faithful. Yeah. One wow. of the happiest nights of my life. And I know it's weird because it's not like ah, like you know, yeah. anything crazy. But it was just like to me that night was a reminder. I've been with you all along. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. But it was a very cool picture. To, yeah, I felt like I was watching a movie. I was like, this is this is awesome. God, so what what does the future look like for Alex? Um, hopefully just continue, you know, <laughs> serving God, loving yeah. my wife well, and uh, being, a, number one, a good husband, a good son, mm-hmm. uh, God willing, a good father. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, in my prayer You're list. You're a Paul daddy. A what? You're a Paul daddy. Oh, you mean like a father in the middle? Yeah. No, no, no. No, like the Paul, dog. you have your dogs. She's talking about your dogs. Oh, I was like a Paul, but I'm like, maybe... Some people Maybe say like I'm Paul. too young to be a father, but uh, <laughs> in the ministry. But uh, yeah, yeah, we have two dogs. We have Zion and Maggie, who are absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm but you're talking about babies. He wants babies, babies. Yeah. So we got married. Uh, next week is going to be 12 years married. Oh wow! Yeah. So next we got, week. <gasps> That's awesome. Next, the 21st, which is not this Sunday. Next Sunday. Wow. Yeah, 12 years. <laughs> uh, she hates when I share this because I'm about to say some stuff. But oh, so, so oh say it, say it. We bring got, it out. Bring it out. I, 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 <laughs> I embarrassed her so bad the other day oh. because this, and I always do this on purpose. Um, <laughs> we got married and we said, hey, let's not have kids for five years. Okay. Like we literally said, why don't we wait three to five years? Mm-hmm. Let's wait. We're not going to have kids. So cool. you opened the door. Yeah. We, no, wait. No, we, we literally <laughs> said, let's not. And then, you know, then we became youth pastors and yeah. all that. And are we going almost on two hours? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so oh, you're wow. good though. Keep you're going. Good. Okay. So hey, uh, by the way, Amor has the record. She went two hours, so you're wow. about there. We're about to pass it. Yeah. I'm gonna take my time with this story. <laughs> Amor, we're two minutes away. Competitive from much? You. <laughs> I love Amor. Amor's the best. Shout out to Amor. Uh, so so we said let's wait five years. Mm-hmm. Then life got crazy. We became youth pastors. Yeah. And we're like, we can't have babies now as youth pastors. That's yeah. wild. And you think you're never ready. You think life is crazy, but yeah. then you realize I could have had kids. But yeah, we kept yeah. pushing it back. We wanted to enjoy traveling, ministry, all that. So we kept pushing it back. So yeah. Now let's wait two more years. Uh-huh. And I say I want kids, but I'm I'm afraid of having kids. <laughs> so we kept Oh, are you? A little bit. Like I say it, but <laughs> so we kept pushing it back. Now we're in year eleven. Okay. Or going on twelve. And so maybe a few months ago I told Dan like that's it. I think it's time. And so uh we kinda agreed and so we're we're there. We're like, all right, should we go for it? Let's go for it. Um so yeah, I won't get. So you guys so, are trying. So what happened was, yeah. So what happened? Okay. Was, <laughs> yeah, 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 we, yeah. We yeah were, what happened was, yeah. I was in Virginia last week <laughs> preaching at a church, uh-huh. and then was with me, and I say this, I, I'm like, you know, I'm like, hey, we're from Miami, whatever, and glad to be here. I said we've been married now, going on 12 years, no kids yet, but hopefully, before this trip ends, oh. and, uh, <laughs> I, and I do that on purpose. I'm like, hopefully, before this trip ends, that'll change, and uh, next time we come back, you know, we'll be there because you know. I want kids. And I always do that on purpose because Anna hates it. Okay. Because everybody comes up to her after service. And I promise you, I kid you not, two people came up to her after that service. One lady came up to her and God bless her heart. She was amazing. And she's like, can I just pray for you? And she like prayed for us to have kids. Like if we couldn't have kids, because I, I did I wasn't clear on it. And so, so she, she thought, thought you couldn't. She thought we couldn't. And I felt so bad in my heart. I'm like, no, we just haven't been trying. And then, uh, and then uh, somebody else came and even gave us like a prophetic word about it. And that's like the 15th prophetic word we've had over the past 10 years about babies. And I felt so bad. God opened her womb. Yes. (laughs) She's fertile. And I'm I'm shaking. Now is the time. (laughs) Okay. Wait. What is Diana's reactions to this? She 
hates me. <laughs> she just looks at me like with this like eye, like I can't stand you. And I love, I'm, I'm just like laughing and cracking up. And so you'll hear her side in, in a bit, but um, it's freaking hilarious. And I'm just literally while the person was praying for us, and and maybe I shouldn't say all this, but while the person was praying for us, I'm like pressing her shoulder, like on purpose to make her laugh. And she's like, stop. <laughs> you know, so she didn't elbow you back. No, 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 no. She almost did. Almost wanted to kill me that night. But uh, no, nah, yeah. She's so like, thank you. It's the prayer we've been waiting. Yes, for. yes. <laughs> you know, you're kind of, people yeah, mean the best. Yeah, you know, they you, do, they but do. people get real prophetic real quick. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> Shut up, I say. Yeah. People prophesy. The Lord says to your womb, <laughs> open. People prophesied to her so many times, and I'm just like, if you only knew, we did. It. We haven't wanted kids. Um, but but now I do. Like I'm I'm me probably more, more than her now. I do want kids. Okay. So hopefully, just. Loving my wife, loving church, and hopefully and with some kids, maybe maybe more dogs, and just helping out the community. That's yeah, whatever God wants. Building Wait, the church, building you the more kingdom. dogs. My dream is one day to be almost own like a little mini farm, and I want to like oh five, yeah. and I want like five dogs. Diana's agreeing to this. Yeah, yes. no, that's her dream. Her oh. dream is to be a farm. Like, oh, a farm. me too. Yeah, me too. Let's buy farm next. Yeah. I'm like, yes, yeah, farms. It's it's amazing. It's I, mean, I already have the chickens. I'm a little bit. You do? Yes. Yeah, you have she chickens? does have chickens. Oh yeah. my god, my dad now owns a rooster and a chicken, and I have no idea why. Like, well, they make eggs. Well, yeah. that's what he told me. He's like, I want to have fresh eggs. And I'm like, oh no, yeah, I have fresh buy, eggs. Really? Every day? Yes. My wow, chicken puts um eggs every day. Wow, that's wild. That is crazy. Yeah. So maybe one day we'll get there, but I, I, I love it. I'm like God. Whatever you want to do in our life, mm-hmm. I'm down. That's awesome. What's building um, the church? What's something that you would say to someone maybe starting, um, like they gave their life to Christ and they feel like they're called to ministry, like you were? What's a piece of advice? Like, what's one of the nuggets that you would be like? This is what I guess, if you will, should do or should strive for. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things I tell guys a lot is um, don't just look at the there and then, but mm-hmm. focus on the here and now. Because a okay. lot of times, a lot of especially a lot of young guys that I've talked to that feel like they have a call over their life, mm-hmm. they always look at and are looking at what what they think God has taken them to. And I think mm-hmm. that's good. That's healthy. Yeah. You you need a vision for your life. Yeah. But sometimes they get so focused on that that they don't serve their local community Mm, or they won't serve in their local church or they're too good or too big for certain positions. And to me, it's do what God has put in your hand right now to your best ability. Mm. And so for me, it was, I'm going to serve in my youth group and in my, I used to literally show up at church in a suit at six 30 in the morning (laughs) and serve all the way till three 30 in the afternoon and then come yeah. back at night and serve again without getting paid at 18, 19, mm-hmm. 20 yeah. years old um, just because I love the church and yeah. I love and feeling like there's a call over God uh, over my life. But but in the meantime, I'm going to build this. Yeah. And if you can say yes to building somebody else's platform, maybe one day God will give you your own platform. Oh, yeah. But so many times we're so focused on God wanting to do, you know, us wanting God to do something in our own life that we we can't even help somebody else in, in their calling. Mm. And so to me, it's like, if you can't serve well, you'll never lead well. Wow. wow and good. so serve in your local church, help in your local church. Like, 
yes, God will give you a platform in due time. Don't be so obsessed with it yeah. um, that you forget to serve in the here and now. Yeah. And so I would say number one is that. Number two, surround yourself with people who are in the ministry that can mm-hmm. talk to you straight and real, mm-hmm. that can tell you what ministry really looks like. Yeah. Don't just go based off of IG. Don't just go based off of any of that. Get yeah. in ministry, like get bloody, sweaty work. <laughs> See that it's difficult. It's yeah, hard to build yeah. a church. It's not Blood, easy. And you need, and tears. Yeah, you need to be in there. You need <laughs> yeah. to be in the trenches to mm-hmm. really like... Bible college is cool, and, and you should go to Bible college. And yeah. that, for example, Theos right now is absolutely amazing, it's, and it's very affordable. Yeah. Um, so that's one good thing that you could do. But uh, what a lot of Bible colleges do that I think they don't set you up well is that they don't, they're not in the trenches. They'll mm-hmm. give you a lot of head knowledge, yeah. and you'll, you'll read good, amazing books, and they'll, they'll teach you about poetic books. They'll teach you about the Hebrew and the Greek. Yeah, the book um, smarts. Yeah, th- that's amazing, and you'll learn everything you have to learn. But... To run a church is completely different. Yeah. To lead a church completely different. Like if you you it's night and day. Like yes, okay, yes. cool. I'm glad you know the Greek and the Hebrew. And you should. Yeah. Um. But do you know how to lead a team? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to have a healthy team? Yeah. Do you know how to put that vision and implement it? You know, in a team of leaders. What do you do when there's drama in the leadership mm-hmm. team? What do you do when there's no money coming in? You know, yeah. there's there's a whole lot to it. Um. Uh, preaching on a platform, I, I, t- I tell this to young guys all the time, I honestly mm-hmm. say, preaching on a platform is 20, 30% of what we do. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's some pastors, that's 90% of what they do, and that's cool, and they don't feel called to do anything else. But, the, you know, there's some of us that want to build an influential church to help out the world. Yeah. And so you got to be involved in a lot of meetings. Mm-hmm. you got to be yeah. sitting down with a lot of people. you got to make sure you, your, your eyes are on the finances. God's holding us responsible for a lot yeah. of these things. you got to have your hand and eyes on a lot of things. Um, so don't don't look at the platform and fall in love with it and say, this is it. That's that's. That's one of the things you're going to do. Yeah. But you got to lead your community. Yeah. You got to know how to lead, you know, the young people and the marriages and the men and the women in your community. And it takes way more than just having a cute message title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because three I'll, points. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of people <laughs> will fall in love with that and be like, yeah. this is this is awesome. I can do this. And it's like, yeah, you can, it's way more than that. Yeah. yeah. Don't just fall in love with what you see on a Sunday. Yeah. Sunday yeah. is where we get together and celebrate. But yeah. Monday through Saturday is the hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I've seen guys fall in love with that but then be really lazy Monday through Saturday yeah it's like God doesn't use lazy people in his kingdom oh that's mm. dangerous yeah. that's good you cannot be lazy in ministry like you can't you, you'll be found out real quick yeah it's hard work it's hard work it's 24 hours like literally you know phones going off all kinds of mm-hmm. times visits at all kinds of times meetings at all kinds of times yeah. all kinds of stuff that you gotta do like it's not easy at all. I mean, you just look, look at the statistics of pastors and you see how many are depressed. You'll see how many yeah. are suicidal, how many do take their lives. And so, yeah. again, don't mistake it for the 1% that are living in jets and mansions. Like that's yeah. cool. But the rest of the country has a bunch of good, faithful men and women that are literally, their life is on the line every day yeah. trying yes. to build good communities yeah. and help their churches and help their city out. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to... No, to we land have the plane. More? Do you, you want, want more? more? I'm, I'm, more. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking around. I'm, like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm we can keep going. Guys, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. This has been a lot no, of fun. Thank you for <laughs> thank coming. You for uh, did we beat a more? We did. I think you I think be here for did. like two minutes. Amor, you, you might need a part two because we just beat you. <laughs> nah, you guys are awesome. Thank you guys for being no, amazing leaders. You. I think there's a bunch <laughs> of people in our church, especially a lot of young girls that see young girls like you, and you guys are role models to them. And so Aww. thank you for the example. You guys are incredible leaders in our community, in our church, in our city. And so even doing this, 
I hope God continues to breathe on this and bless this and continue like, to be an inspiration <laughs> to people. And I, this is awesome. Like, this is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I'm proud of you guys. Proud to call oh, you guys friends you. and family. And me and Diana love you guys. Oh, we oh, love, love you too. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. We will see you next week. And uh, again, they're both oh, single. Oh, Reach oh, out to them. Oh. DM them. <laughs> We're praying for them. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>